Luxury is meant to be livable. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley with premium quality leather sofas, recliners, and more, all built to last. No matter how many spills, scuffs, or pet-related mishaps come its way, the leather collection at Ashley is made with the durability you need for the whole family. Shop the new leather collection at Ashley and find chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas for $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home. Are you the type of person who loves to treat yourself? You know, sometimes you just want to buy yourself a coffee, a fancy coffee. Sometimes you want to get a little extra legroom on the plane. You know what I mean? So if you ever treat yourself to the top options, other places like that, then why are we settling when we're finding a doctor? I know it's easy to fall into that rut, but your health is so important. Enter ZocTalk. ZocTalk is a place where you can find and book tens of thousands of top tier doctors, all with verified patient reviews. ZocTalk is a free app and website where you can search and compare highly rated in-network doctors near you and instantly book appointments with them online. There's no more waiting awkwardly on hold with a receptionist. You know we hate that. And these doctors all have verified reviews from actual real patients. You can filter specifically for ones who take your insurance, which is so helpful. You can see who's located near you and who's available and who can treat basically any condition you're searching for. Plus, a typical wait time to see a doctor booked on ZocDoc is between just 24 to 72 hours. That's it. You can even score same-day appointments. When I moved to LA years ago, I discovered ZocDoc because I was so tired of having to call all these different offices and wait. It took hours sometimes to figure out which doctor in town could help me and which one took my insurance, but not anymore with ZocDoc. I was able to find everything from a psychiatrist to a GI doctor, and I did that all through ZocDoc. And the app has only gotten better over time. I still use it. I still love it. I always recommend it to people, whether you have phone anxiety like me or not. It couldn't get easier to find a doctor with ZocDoc. Go to ZocDoc.com slash drink and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then find and book a top-rated doctor today. That's Z-O-C-D-O-C dot com slash drink. ZocDoc dot com slash drink. Sorry, I try to link it up with the video recording. Never mind. Oh, okay. Well, I don't know. I don't know. But you did a great job. Three, two, one, go. And every time I feel nervous about it. I don't know why. (laughs) (laughs) Well, welcome everybody to uh, Christine's Nerves. How are they today? Are they at a usual sky high or is there anything? uh, Do you think you can see? I don't know if you can tell. I'm so sweaty. My palms are so sweaty. I'm just, I don't know, Em, because they're always sweaty and I'm always nervous. I know, but like, I mean, is why? there anything particular today that's got you bugging out? Just like life, you know? Am I right? Yeah. Or am I right? No, you're right. You're right. You're right. <laughs> For sure you're right. Um, uh, let's talk about there... you. How are you? Well, I wasn't prepared for that on my own podcast. Um, See? Now you know oh, how it feels. Man. You know, I'm a little pissed. Uh-oh. Okay. So. I got myself some Pokemon cards. I don't get them often anymore because now I have to get the expensive ones. Oh, right. You've upgraded. I've upgraded. I've gotten all the cheapos and now I'm like, oh, shit, now I got to Now I've committed. So now I have to start kind of getting the expensive ones. But like there's expensive, like there's like $100 cards and there's also like $30,000 cards. Those are not the ones that I'll ever be getting. (laughs) I to me a complete deck is once I have everything that's like a, basically like 
a hundred dollars or less like uh, after that yeah, i'm yeah, like yeah. Eh, maybe for like a like a treat myself day i'd do something else but i i don't i can't justify it so um but i'm a little pissed i was on ebay no i wasn't on ebay i there was a certain card i wanted i found it on mercari have you done mercari oh. Oh, yeah. That's where I buy some okay. of my Squishmallows. <laughs> okay. So I found a Pokemon. I really, that's like my backup place because I feel like a lot of people there kind of throw cards on there and it's like they're just cleaning out their brother's closet. And I actually really like it because sometimes people don't know what they're selling. And so it's underpriced, right. which is fun. And now that I've said that, I can never use Mercari again for anyone else who's <laughs> like collecting cards. Um, And I found this card. It was... Uh, like a first edition in really good condition and it was exactly the card that i needed to finish out like this one chunk of my set and it was underpriced it was like i mean it was still incredibly expensive for what i'm willing to pay it was like a hundred like twenty dollars again it's a card i am aware that like i feel grossed out with that but it was 120 when anywhere else online it, they start at like six hundred dollars and i was like Oh, I was like, I feel like I could justify that with some girl math. Like, it's like, it's basically free, right? I mean, I feel like you're saying it's crazy, but like, I don't know, like shirts are 120. Like, it's not like uh, everyone's listening like, holy shit, you know? I mean, I think if it's something that you're like collecting them and investing in them, I don't don't see it as like, personally, if you were like, oh, I just spent thousands on Pokemon cards, I'd be like, whoa. But, well, personally, I, I like I get weird about it. Like I'm not even I don't even really I'm not totally concerned about what other people think about it. I it's right, more like right. I'm very I'm also I'm dating probably the most like practical money smart mm, person in the entire world. And so not that she's openly shaming me, but I do know that we operate very differently. And every time I'm like, right. really proud to bring something home, I can see it in her eyes. She's like, why on earth did you do that? <laughs> so uh, <laughs> I think it's starting to eat at me where I'm like, I know where $120 could also go. But anyway, so I, I found this card. I've been wanting it for a long, long time. It's been like a it's been a thing I've had my eye on for probably since what we came back are we allowed to from know? tour. Um, It was a. Uh, it was a uh, it was a Clefairy, a Clefairy, and it was. There's certain ones that are like misprints, and they're the really expensive ones because mm. they're even more rare because it was only one batch of them. That, like stamps. Yeah, and so this had like a random like dot on it. I know it's so st- unless you care, you it doesn't make sense. But there was like, um, there were two different misprints, and one of them I actually truly just owned and somehow kept in good condition from childhood i like found it no in way. my own original deck and i was like holy shit that I is have the like dream and there was another one and i wanted to have both the misprints so i anyway um the reason i'm mad is because i go on mercari i see this thing that is like you know under underpriced i buy it and then the next day i wake up and it's supposed to be shipping and i'm gonna get all excited and it says refunded and i went why <gasps> and there i was like looking through like my history to see if there was any messages i missed like if i was supposed to like fill i don't know fill something out i have no fucking idea and um and it just there was no reason at all totally refunded and i went that's weird so then i go back on i'm like i guess i'm at square one i'm just gonna go look around oh, i go back no. on ebay and homeboy 
I guess wasn't expecting any. Someone must have told him like, oh, that's actually really expensive. Yeah. Fuck. Refunded it. Okay. And then the exact same person with the exact same username was on eBay, not Mercari. He got wise. And now it was selling. He got wise. He was selling it for $700. Oh, I was like, gosh. Motherfucker. I was like, who told you in the last 24 hours? Who told you? Who was in my who way? Who the f-, f told you? Anyway, so. Um, that's, that's actually quite upsetting. I'd be I'd be upset. Too. I, like, really? yeah, it's a, it did hurt. So, close. so anyway, I'll, I'll find her. I'll get her. So. I mean, maybe he won't sell it for $700 and then he'll be like, damn it. All right. I guess I should just go back to the. Oh, and then someone else gets price. a free even like for the same price I have. No, like you know, so on Mercari, you can like put like a tag oh, I saved. See. Like it'll, it'll like notify you so you can swoop in if it comes back, you know? Hmm. I love a swoop. I love Just gotta a swoop. swoop. You gotta, Christine, you gotta do it. You don't have to tell me twice. Here I go. Here I go. Here I go. Swoop, swoop. I think you mean shoop, shoop. <laughs> no, I meant swoop, swoop. Oh, I thought you meant the song shoop where she goes, here I go, here I go. Here I know, I go that's again. the joke. I said you gotta swoop. Here I go, swoop. You make me wanna Mind. swoop. Uh, that was hilarious. <laughs> It was a good joke. I just, it really, I'm the only person who missed it early on. That's all. Thanks. For are you having a good day? Better. This doesn't feel like you are. What's happening? No, everything's happening. I, you know how I was covering BTK last week? Mm-hmm. Well, do people so, know that? I assume they know that. Weren't they listening oh, okay. to it? Oh, yes. Okay. Am I, I wrong? Got it. No, you're right. You're right. Okay. <laughs> My brain is well, apparently in another dimension. That's all. Uh, are you going backwards and I'm going forwards? That would be fun. Um, oh, we can no. Benjamin Button from different directions and then we'll kiss. And I'll, <laughs> right, I'll be the elderly lady who kisses you on the forehead when you're an infant. <laughs> That'll be adorable. <laughs> It'd be so sweet. Okay. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> keep going. I'm sorry. No. Basically, we had to have, uh, as I was working on part two uh we had to have our security system come out and repair it because it wasn't working so i'm oh, doing my up. notes and there's a person in like i mean i'm not gonna go into details but like there our security system is malfunctioning and they're in our house like and they go what's your passcode and i'm like should i tell <laughs> him i don't know should i tell him i don't know it's almost and like you like, need to like change it before he gets there so you don't have to tell him your actual one i thought that too i was like is there a way to like i don't know i just was so paranoid because i'm like man this is really weird like i'm doing these notes about how uh dennis Rader was a security salesman and installer and now there's one right in front of me it just felt very odd and then today we had people come inspect the heater and apparently our Heater is leaking carbon monoxide and Holy not, crap. not leaking it into the house, thankfully. But they're like, we, you have to sign this waiver that we told you not to turn on the heat. And I was like, okay. And they're like, you can turn it on because it's like 30 degrees here. But um, make sure you but have you, a carbon you monoxide <laughs> detector. Yeah. I was like, mother effer. And they're like, it'll be a month before the park comes in. Um, of course. Oh, great. So covered. in the dead of winter. Excellent. Right several thousands of dollars on upon thousands and thousands of dollars so oh, um, that's so many pokemon cards 
I know. So you know what? Um, it's just one of those days um, where everything just seems to be like malfunctioning. And I'm like, but why now? Why of all days right now? <sighs> I don't know. It's okay. You must have done There's something really things. rotten in another life. I must have. And honestly, um, I'm fortunate. You know, I'm sure people who lose heat and can't afford to repair it, that's that's its own issue i'm fortunate that we can you know uh pay for the parts and all that but like oof it is a doozy of a price um Mm -hmm. it hurts it hurts so that's what's happening um anyway i'm just and then i'm just i'm just still dealing with the sickness baby sickness um still what's the oh yeah uh blaze just texted me four seconds ago and said her fever is 102.7 uh she's really out of it and is just laying there on the couch so things thing. aren't good <laughs> help me but i'm uh, fine it's all fine i'm just so tired but you know what i'm fine thank you for asking do you have room today i this is like such a privileged question because i um am childless but do you get to nap at all today is there like a wiggle room where you could find nap time um no well no because we record during nap time but no i mean like can do you get a nap time i know but like i could nap when she naps you know like they say but it's since we record but it's fine because i can't nap anyway as you know I don't know how to. So it's honestly for the best if you've got a kid, I guess, because I think I'd accidentally just just yeah. fall asleep and then yeah, the it's kids, happened. You know, set in the world. I fell asleep on the floor of her uh, nursery last night and woke up like, why am I so uncomfortable? Oh, I'm on the wood of the floor and I'm <laughs> old now, so it hurts. <laughs> oh God! Well, and then do she you goes, need... hold my hand, and I'm like, okay. So That's I just precious. put my arm in. And then lay there and fall asleep. Um, do you need anything? You need um, a compliment? Do you need to take three breaths? You can do three breaths again? No. You, you don't want that? You know what? Let's do three breaths again. Yes. Okay. Okay. Ready, everyone? Everyone Ready. listening, we're all doing our weekly three breaths because I know you're not breathing any other time. Okay. Ready? Go. <sighs> imagine if jack just wasn't paying attention thought that was just like dead air and just cut it all and everyone's like (laughs) huh that's weird (laughs) and now if you have water by you this is your weekly reminder to drink some water you thirsty little rats have a sip um i have my blaze got limoncello water oh oh my god themed to pep my spirits up I love when you feel peppy. I wish, by the way, I had a D-peppy, but... Um... Oh, me too. That has caffeine. Oh, wait. Maybe I'll text Blaze to bring me some caffeine. Yeah, that, that'll... That's certainly the pep you're looking for. I don't know if your <laughs> uncaffeinated drink is going to give you anything. Um, I just went... Of... <laughs> what? I just went get... <laughs> I'm sorry. I went to text Blaze. I'm like half... I'm like a Delulu today. I'm like half alive, but... I just went to text Blaze and I accidentally clicked M, you know, because you're on the brain. And uh, I'm, I just like scrolled up without thinking. And the last three things you sent me, you sent me a picture of you at age 10 wearing a hat with a picture of you on it on the 
the basketball team. Then you sent me a picture of the word team spelled out in Scrabble letters and said, I bet you would have made flyers like this to recruit people to your Scrabble squad. And then the next <laughs> link was from 3.42 a.m. And it's a YouTube video <laughs> called... <laughs> called when you have to finish your homework in less than one hour this playlist is <laughs> have you listened to it it's just incredibly f- <laughs> it's like old old like old opera music but it's like yeah, all the very picture like it's like a man in like a old ass da vinci painting of like the last supper like I don't know what's going on. it's very very um like fast-paced opera music so it's like oh, oh, oh. <laughs> like, oh, I see. Like, I see. It's like tension is building because homework is due. It's okay. a lot of. I just love that of... at four in the morning, M sends me like, "Hey, your homework's due in an hour. Here's a playlist." <laughs> I'm like, "What do you think I'm doing right now?" It was me <laughs> literally doing my notes for this uh, at three in the morning and going, "This is how I feel right now." And so I was just oh. listening to. Uh, I was just listening to a bunch of clamor. I don't know what else to call it, but it was... It's clamor. That's a good word for it. Like, looking at the picture, I'm like, it looks clamorous. You know, not glamorous, <laughs> but clamorous. clamorous. By um, the way, that hat, um, that's the other reason why I drink, because I've been trying so hard for weeks now. For people who don't know, if you follow me on Instagram, <laughs> I mentioned it a while ago, but if you don't, this is your first time hearing it. I used to be on the YMCA basketball teams when I was a kid. One of the things that you get if you have been on a a rec team, a lot of times they'll give you like your own like stat athlete card. Like, oh, you've got your own picture of you on a basketball card. And when you flip it over, it says like your height and your weight and everything. Apparently, when you're younger, you can when you get these cards, you can also purchase additional merch with the the picture you got. It's essentially like your YMCA yearbook picture on the team and you can get other merch with that picture on it. Um, so apparently at some point I was eight, so I was not in charge of the catalog at the time. Someone in my family bought me a hat with my basketball card on it. So I was going through pictures recently and I found a picture of me wearing a hat of me. And then I I'm thought to explain this to me before, <laughs> like without all the context. And I was just like, what are you even like? There's a picture of me wearing a hat with a picture of me. And I'm like, what is, what is you? What are well, you so now about? my new my new plan is to take that picture and put it on a hat and then yeah. post a picture of me wearing a hat of a picture of me wearing a hat of a picture of me. Yeah. And that's like all I want. And, and M somehow thought that was going to be like after we recorded last time, M thought that was going to be a, a clearer story for me to understand. But now that I kind of get the context, <laughs> um, I really adore it and i don't even need the hat i just want the picture i want the trading card of you i um, do have a trading I would, card I would left pay i can give you hundred dollars oh never mind i would pay for free on mercari <laughs> to get you that mean, card well, yeah <laughs> <laughs> i was gonna say i paid six hundred dollars and he said oh i have one and i'm like i'm not giving you six hundred dollars I, I think but, i've got one in my like my memory box i've got quite a large memory box i need so you to I understand go- that i would pay I would seriously pay big bucks for that. And um, also, I love that, like, I I imagine most of us from the 90s kind of remember, at least maybe it was just my mom, but uh, I would always be like, can I have a hat and a thing and, like, my picture on something else? And she'd be like, absolutely not. (laughs) Like, we're not paying $40 for a baseball cap with your hat face on Mm -hmm. it. Um, I just love that some kids out there did get to have that experience. And I'm like, man, the fact that it's still not in your possession is so tragic. 
I, I truly, I have no idea what happened to it. And I don't, I, it was not of my choice because I remember loving the shit out of it. I thought like, truly, I thought the girls were screaming for me with that. They might've been. <laughs> they are now. Everyone looking at it is going, holy shit, that's amazing. So if probably... I ever, if people can hype me up one day when I do get this hat of, you know, the whole thing. I would uh-huh. really love to to see some people go a little feral in the comments. Just yo, I'm hyping because... you up right now, but yeah, you guys, come on, <laughs> step it up. Just because, like, you know, middle school me, I really thought like this is what's gonna get me my first date, and obviously that is not how the story went. So, anyway, I'd appreciate it for, to to heal some uh, old trauma. That'd be be nice. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. i'm so deep and brooding i'm such a bad boy you don't understand i love that Just my trauma is like i didn't even get a hat <laughs> my face on it. i have worse trauma if we'd like to unpack that separately but i will say oh i looking thought you than at- me i was like go for it take it i don't care you wear that badge you mean worse uh, trauma than the hat yeah no, I, don't I just, worry i think we all believe that i don't think any of us that i just I, remember, I don't think any of us have that kind of experience as the worst of I remember trauma. Being and if we do, so, good for you. I remember being so confused why it it wasn't the conversation starter I thought it was. I remember so vividly. And now now I feel like at this point I'm bold enough to just go up to people and be like, this is un- unhinged, but this is probably the best thing you'll see all day. Look at me and my hat. And look at the hat. Take a closer look. Oh, oh, what's that you see? It's me again. I almost think that there's just an edge of irony to it now, though. You know, you're like, I recognize how silly this is. I feel yeah. like back then it was like, no, this is just badass. And maybe that's why I didn't hit as hard as you thought. <laughs> Panty dropper. Yeah, I yeah. thought it was like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I feel like maybe now it's like, wow, this is quirky and goofy and we can all appreciate the yes. style of the 90s. But back then that it was like. Was, that hat eh. was playing the long con. It was like one right. day it is going to do magic for you. Today. But not that. Yeah day i hope so anyway <laughs> that uh that's another reason why i drink is because getting that hat has been so damn hard to build because there's so many colors I'm on so it so sorry there's not a lot of places that do like uh iron on or heat press for a hat so anyway we'll figure it out folks explore new possibilities pleasure zones and find your vibe at funlove.com Funlove.com is a leading online retailer of sensual health and wellness products, offering a wide array of premier brands of toys, lingerie, and accessories. I know I've talked about it before, but we received the most lovely gift basket from Funlove. First of all, I didn't know what it was at first, and then when I pulled out a vibrator, I thought, oh boy, this is not your everyday fruit basket. There was everything, I'm telling you, from sexy perfumes to toys to vibrators to lube. I mean, I gotta say, it's like a one-stop shop, okay? If you go to funlove.com and you're looking for maybe a romantic evening, either with a loved one or with yourself, they've got what you're looking for, I can promise you. So what are you waiting for? Explore, discover, indulge, and make love fun by visiting funlove.com. And if you live in Arizona or Colorado, check out one of their 18 store locations. Hey, maybe I'll stop by when I'm in town. And for a limited time, you can save 30% off your first order when you use the code DRINK at funlove.com. Head to funlove.com today and use code DRINK at checkout to save 30% off your first order. Visit funlove.com today. 
It feels very fitting that Juniper is currently sitting on my lap uh, because we all want our cats to be healthy and happy because when they're happy, we're happy. But because we're not mind readers, we don't always know when they're unwell. And in my experience, cats are not the most, you know, open when it comes to sharing their woes. And there goes Juni, literally jumped right off me. So helping us keep tabs on our cat's health is just one reason you should use Pretty Litter. Pretty Litter's ultra absorbent crystals trap odor instantly. No more cat bathroom smell, thank God. Pretty Litter's super light crystal base also minimizes mess and dust. Plus, the crystals last up to a month, which means less scooping and fewer trips to the garbage can for Blaze, because that's his job. Here's the coolest thing about Pretty Litter. It changes colors to help monitor early signs of potential illness in our cats, including urinary tract infections and kidney issues, and Pretty Litter ships free right to your door in a small, lightweight bag. Pretty Litter has changed the game. The litter box is right near Leona's room, and so it is very delightful to not have that litter smell all the time when she's taking a nap. Plus, we can rest easy knowing that Juniper and his little kidneys are healthy. Pretty Litter helps keep tabs on my cat's health and keeps odors down. You and your cat are going to love Pretty Litter as much as we do. Go to prettylitter.com slash ATWWD and use code ATWWD to save 20% on your first order. That's prettylitter.com slash ATWWD code ATWWD to save 20%. prettylitter.com slash ATWWD code ATWWD. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Christine, I have a story for you. Thank God. Was that not fun? None of that? Okay. No, I mean, I, 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 what I meant is I need a distraction from everything else in life. So please regale me. If that hat wasn't a distraction, I don't know what to tell you. This is not going to I know, do but I then. felt the conversation dying down and I thought, oh no, oh no, the darkness is creeping back in. And then you said, oh, I have a story. I said, oh, thank God. I'm here to save the day. Pull me back from the brink. That's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Keep, <laughs> keep saying things like that to me. My, my eagle will go I places. Will. um okay so i have a story for you super short today um compared to my usual stories but i thought it was uh i don't know not totally silly but a little silly if you're feeling up to it um especially since your story i'm sure will give us all every Uh, sort of heebie-jeebie so yeah let's start with a softball you know Mm -hmm. so this is the Augustine Steward House. I know you won't know what that is, but Mm -mm. I'll give dramatic pause anyway. Wow. Yeah. So first thing I got to tell you about this place, because I gave it a little quick Google search. She's crooked as hell. This house (gasps) is bent. Like she's got, I don't know. Someone has to get, (laughs) someone has to do an x-ray on her. She's looking rough. Um, Bent house. (laughs) Yeah, you say it. You tell him, Christine. Wait, can okay. I see a picture? Can you send I'm me a I'm sending picture? you a link right now. Oh, good, good. Is it like Leaning Tower Pisa level or is it? No, but she is like a little bit of a head tilt. She's definitely judging you. Ooh! Oh, that that actually gives me a headache, weirdly. It looks like an optical illusion. It does. I think I feel like I need to be like squinting at it. Uh, you know yeah. what? Maybe she's not a head tilt, but she is a hand on the hip lean. Oh, that's that's a better way. It's sort of just like a lean, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She's swaying. Shifting. She looks like she's a tornado's shifting. coming through, but it's actually a still day. She looks like she's had a couple of white claws um, without <laughs> eating breakfast. <laughs> she looks like Christine at CrimeCon 2018. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, actually, that would be the leading tower of Pisa is the more accurate depiction of what I look like at CrimeCon, if we're being honest. But... This house well, was me a, on most other evenings. That <laughs> on was a, a deep Tuesday. cut. I'm sorry, Christine. But 
Oh, there's photo evidence on Instagram. I'm sure people have witnessed it. It's not a single picture where both of your eyes are open. No. Um, And usually I'm behind the bar where I'm not legally allowed to be. So it it was (laughs) an interesting time of our touring. (laughs) Well, so anyway, this house, I don't I don't know. I don't know anything about construction. I don't know why she's tilting. I don't know what the deal is. I think it's just over time. Maybe things are not as sound as they used to be i don't not i don't totally know but if i would be worried as i mean it's in the middle of like a pretty walkable area yeah. you'd want to hire a really good um what do you call it when a house inspector before you like, moved yeah. in there to just really check the foundation on that thing i yeah i'd like it to be a, like a, a a marvel where like it actually is built perfectly sound it just looks funky but i don't yeah. think that's what's happening that's probably doubtful um <laughs> I would definitely like at what point how far does it have to lean before people start getting worried and like they call on a contractor you know I worry that it's gonna lean by like half a degree every year and people aren't even gonna notice until it's sideways and they're like wait a second was it always like like, this it's like wait a minute when the wind blows it blows yeah um (laughs) so anyway she's crooked I wanted to get that out of the way now because it was my favorite little fact about her um and this house is in Norwich in Norfolk uh England Mm. Um, and it was originally built for, can you believe it? Augustine Stewart, uh, as the Augustine Stewart house. I can't, I can believe it. Who is Augustine Stewart? You might say, uh, well, the three time mayor of Norwich and a merchant. And you know what really grinds my gears, Christine? I can't stand how many goddamn times when I'm talking about something from yesteryear and people are a merchant. That's so that's like I feel like that's like people today without a job saying they're an entrepreneur. It's like <laughs> It's like just tell me what oh. you do. I'm over it, you know? I'm in Bitcoin, you know. Yeah. I'm a I'm a Bitcoin merchant. I'm in finance. I mean, I like <laughs> by by finance I mean I like look at people on TikTok and finance, but yeah. I'm in finance. <laughs> I'm in crypto and by that I mean uh cryptozoology i listen to and that's why we drink that's about as far as my crypto wait crypto can we all start goes. saying that now i love that i I'm love in crypto. it let's do it we're in wait, crypto. can we do a little a crypto we do a sh- podcast imagine a shirt or something that says i'm in crypto and like it's a coin with like a big foot in it <gasps> wait i need to make eva. sure that doesn't exist eva, eva? write that down write that down i'm in crypto and it's a crypt cryptid situation oh eva, i typed in i'm in crypto and now the internet's like you are well your ads are gonna change i'm like no the algorithm's like i've been waiting my whole life for this um anyway Uh, so augustine stewart was a merchant use your imagination um so then records say this house was built in 1549 yowza and she's been leaning ever since um Mm. Mm-mm. But parts of the house are also said to be have to have been built decades earlier. So some of the house could be from like the 1400s. Whoa. Um, and there's been additions since, but I guess the her bones are pretty much from 1549. No wonder my bones are crooked and I'm 30 years old. You know what? You make a great point. That's what my mm. back would look like today at getting out of bed. So yeah. also before anyone asks, I'm 32. Yeah, I know. don't remind me but your brain doesn't know that which means it's we're in dangerous territory it's bad news (laughs) today this house is one of the most photographed buildings in norfolk and i wonder if that's because of her her little lean um but uh, also a fun fact here is that this house still has part of its medieval undercroft and honestly as an american 
that's the first time I've ever said the word undercroft. Um, <laughs> it, it is apparently for people like me who don't know what that is. It's a cellar used as like a storage room. A cellar used as a storage room. Okay. So a basement. Got it. <laughs> okay. Yeah. See, that's what I'm thinking too. But now I'm going to start calling the basement the undercroft because yeah, why for the hell sure. Not? I'm never going back. <laughs> Especially your basement. Your basement's an undercroft. For oh, for sure. sure. Yeah. If there was ever an undercroft, is that what it is? Croft. No. Under what? Oh, Croft. okay. I'm thinking, oh, okay. Laura Croft. Undercroft. Okay. Got it. <laughs> um. But yeah, your, your place, I mean, no comment when when you well actually here's my comment when you say no comment bullshit here they go (laughs) if you were to ever find yourself in a place that does not look like a residential home in a suburban neighborhood you're probably in christine's undercroft (laughs) it's really scary it looks nothing like the rest you come upstairs and the sun hits you in the eyes and you're like where was i it's like like, where have i been it's like a totally other land it's crazy It, it is it's a it's a scary place geo loves it down there uh, you know who's gonna love it i say it every time but it's gonna be your kid as a teenager she's gonna make that I place know. the party had and i'm gonna help her by the way i will be the person who <laughs> designs it sets it up makes it clean for her i'm gonna be like that weird like hippie hollywood relative who has a really distant relationship but me. i come in and just really wow you and then i disappear and everyone's you know? like how are you related and then leanna's like i don't really know they just like, that's a secret it's a secret. I would say I would like give the answer in riddles. I'd be like, follow the attic and oh, down to the underground. Like I regret. I'd regret asking. <laughs> yeah, it's like never mind. I actually don't never care. Mind. It's not that. Um, so the house sits on top of an alley, and this alley is very appropriately called Tombland Alley. Oh my God, Laura Croft Tombland Alley, Undercroft Tombland Alley. Did you just game the system? What just happened? I sure gamed it hard. Yep. <laughs> What I did. I'm in the mainframe, folks. Okay. I'm in so, the mainframe. I'm in the undercroft. It's called Tombland Alley. Tombland? Tombland. I don't know how it's actually pronounced, don't but it's spelled me. Tombland. And it comes, uh, it's before there, so it ends up becoming like a, a very haunted place. But at the time, it was named that because that was Old English for like an open area. And it was just describing the spot a thousand years ago. It was just an open land, open, open space. Okay. Um, and this alley sits on a former road that ancient Romans used to occupy England. So if we're thinking like how far back do the ghosts here go, you know, ancient, ancient Rome, um, and, uh, below the alley, there's rumors of there being a plague pit where there was a mass grave to toss in victims of the plague when burial demands got overwhelming and they didn't have time to handle one-on-one cases. Oh, no. Um, So it actually ended up being incredibly appropriate. And I like to think they were originally going to put the plague pit somewhere else, and they were like, I know a place with the perfect name for that shit. We gotta, let's redo (laughs) all the logistics. Oh, never mind. (laughs) Sorry. That would probably also serve as a Leona's hangout spot. Um, (laughs) Leona's cool kids club. (laughs) You know my my hangout spot. We called it the kids club. That's probably what most kids call their hangout. Just saying. Mine. I don't know. I'll have to show you pictures one day when I find that other picture of me and my hat. When the picture of me and my hat and the picture of me and my hat. Mm. There are pictures of the kids club, and it was official. We had a. Oh, test. I'm not. I'm not saying yours wasn't cool. I'm just saying I think kids club is a pretty um. You know. <gasps> Christine, 
I know exactly what we're going to do for our after chat today. What? Okay. <laughs> what? This is so humiliating. Oh, so great. I'm really, okay, I'm in. I'm taking one for the team. <laughs> this is actually probably the most embarrassed that anyone's ever going to see me on this show. Um, I'm trying to figure out if I even want to talk about it. So the kids club, it was a real thing. It was a, um, it was my mom's way of trying to give me a distraction during the divorce. <laughs> and she was like, pick a room in the house, turn it into whatever like wild shit you want. It was essentially my pre troll hole. And, um, <laughs> we had a slide in there. We had icicle lights everywhere. Jesus. We had a secret entrance. We had like all of this stuff in, in the basement. We even like had like a lock on the door and it was password protected this room. Oh and like, <laughs> The password protection was a nine-year-old just saying, like, a silly word on the other side of the door. But um, I was really – we loved the kids' club. There was four of us as founding members, and all of us got together on the weekends and hung out in the kids' club. And we made this test for because other people were like uh, – we told people at school about the kids' club. And they were like, I want to join. And I went, you got to pass the test first. Because I had heard somewhere that, like, initiations were important. Um and i have a copy of the test here <gasps> and it's really 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 st stupid and also like it's so obvious like any therapist could take one look at it and go you clearly didn't want anyone to ever pass this test <laughs> what the fuck is it you're like you did not want to share your kids club with any I think other I, kids i wanted it to be like club 33 elite like you just can't get in like it's like i wanted it to be the new skull and bones and i was like oh you my god even at age like eight you were fucking whatever age this was you it were was already around in your secret society bullshit <laughs> i know so i have i still have a copy of the test i will be fully embarrassing myself by reading aloud the questions to you but i get to take the test i get to take the test i get to it, fail at a kids club and not to say i'm not trying to like make it that hard of a challenge for you but nobody's ever passed the test i, so. I was gonna say i already know i listen i'm excited to get rejected from kids club that's gonna be my on my newest resume you know i feel like it's an honor i can't wait to achieve it's about to be a real embarrassing after chat after this so if anyone is not part of patreon yet please go join and then you can you listen can to be, me we're gonna be the kids club <sighs> rejects and we're gonna make an even cooler club that m can't join you know what i mean It'll oh be that great. hurts my feelings and i <laughs> deserve it i deserve I'm it just kidding i'm just kidding you can enter the at the end of the disney channel episode <laughs> you you get to join we join we merge our clubs together that's how this all ends oh, you know oh, 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 happy oh, ever see. after uh -huh. um yes it's a double okay. kids club yeah that sounds good that's well the first cool. i have to take a sip of my own medicine so um and yep. it's bitter to be honest it's not good it's not good where were we tombs and plague pits so uh <laughs> so anyway below so we're talking about let me just get my facts straight again um we were talking about the uh, augustine stewart house and it sits on top of um tombland alley tombland alley which had a, a, a theoretically or the rumors say that there was a big plague pit down there because we've talked about it for like the last several weeks everybody but uh the bubonic plague hit england wouldn't you know it she's back she's back uh and 
So in this area specifically in Norwich, 76% of the population was wiped out. <gasps> so I, like I gasp every time because every time I'm shocked, like I just don't know how else to react. No, I it's still it's uh, I keep bringing it up and I'm still blown away every time. But I think the number was like out of 25,000 people that live there, only 6,000 people remained. So Jesus Christ, that's crazy. It's said that um, the graveyard on Tombland Alley uh, had to be completely raised to make room for new plague victims. So I'm assuming that means like they had to put bodies on top of bodies or I honestly don't know. I don't know what that means, but it sounds bad. Um, (laughs) It doesn't sound good. Bodies and victims. Nothing good can come of this. Raise a graveyard for more bodies. Yeah. So. This is the protocol at the time, uh, because remember I told you a lot of places were really strict about yeah. the bubonic plague and like, like for they the right reason. Fucking murder you! you <laughs> Literally, they, there are it's like you went to church, you asshole. We're hanging you outside. <laughs> Jesus Christ! They were not fucking around. They were like, "Do not get us sick, and you know, be with the people, not with yourself." So, um, anyway, so they took it very seriously and they had this protocol at least in this area of england uh that if there was a wave of the plague coming through if people died in a house the house would be boarded shut for 40 days um then they would oh also my god uh, they would uh paint a red cross on the door to warn people like get the fuck away from this Jesus. this has been infested and don't come near this house um, the house was then reopened and cleaned out after the fact, but items had to stay even longer because at the time they really didn't know what was causing sure. the plague. And, um, and so they were just kind of guessing. They were like, maybe it's still sitting in furniture and it's like yeah. still sitting in carpet. So it was a lot of guesswork, but they'd board up the place for 40 days and I guess let it simmer down and then they would reopen it and clean it out. And then certain things that were more absorbent, I guess. So wait, did the person... Okay, I'm such an idiot. Sorry. I was thinking this whole time they left the body in there, but you're saying they took the body out and then closed the house. Took the body out and then closed the house. Got it. Okay. I'm like, the smell must have been terrible. Okay. I understand. They took the body out. Once they had on record that a house had had a death, they would remove the body and then they would do this whole thing. The cross thing on the door is creepy as fuck. Like that's I know. very biblical. Yeah. And I wonder like when I hear cross, especially painted red, I think red cross and it looks like a plus sign. But do they mean religious cross? I don't know. Uh probably. they probably just meant like a red X or like a red cross. I they probably didn't mean a religious one. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe maybe just meant, like, someone stay away. Oh, oh, like an like an X, like, like an do X, not... yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't um, know. I don't know why I say this with such confidence. But I'm pretending like you're my like time travel escort. I have no I idea. I love when you pretend like I know what I'm talking about in your story. It makes me feel really smart. Christine, <laughs> I think you're like, I think you're so smart. And uh, this up. is just a, this is just a moment where you deserve a compliment in general. I think you're so smart. So when you say something. Historians are like, let me just step in here because Christine's full of shit. <laughs> I'm also the person who thought I was going to tell you about the back rooms and then taught you like intergalactic space. So, you yeah, know, but like who can do that? Only M. <laughs> no, only neurodivergent people with a 3 a.m. hyperfixation. Um, who listen one of to our... like opera, like high sped <laughs> opera on YouTube. <laughs> As I'm like becoming Neil deGrasse Tyson overnight. <laughs> <Jesus Christ. laughs> so 
Anyway, they would reopen the house, clean through it. And in the 1500s, this was 1578, the plague came through the town once again. And there was a big kerfuffle about it because the queen had recently been there. And oh. a bunch of, I know the queen had come and that also brought in a lot of tourists. So it created a bit of a scandal of like, did the queen fucking bring us the plague? Like, <gasps> it's like, or did, did, was it visitors? But like someone from the outside came in and, and did this to us. Uh-huh. So, uh, this event is often blamed on the, the event of the queen coming is what's usually blamed on the next outbreak, which lasted through the summer. And the last family to live in this Augustine Stewart house, uh, they, because I think after this family, nobody else lived in the house. So, uh, yeah, okay. So in the 1500s, the last family was there. The plague is going on. And one by one, everybody starts dying in this house. And there mm. was a mom, a dad, and a daughter. Mm. And the daughter was a little girl. Um, so. And then I, I guess maybe there were some other people. There's different versions of the story where other people were staying with them. But one by one, people stop coming out of the house every day and people notice. And it's Ooh. assumed that they all died in their home. Okay. So authorities come in to do their whole protocol. Um, but something gets mixed up in the messages where they thought the people who bring out the dead had already shown up. And they... As you predicted, I knew it. (laughs) Started boarding up the house with the bodies inside. Oh shit! Okay. As you said it, I was like, "Motherfucker, Christine." (laughs) I'm so sorry. I'm sorry. Oh no. So, as you thought, yowza! The smell had to be crazy. It was three decomposing bodies for forty days. Right? It was over a month. Right. And so authorities show up to reopen the the building which i can't imagine their conversations on the way there of like oh well at least it's clean now and it's like actually has it's so much worse they're like it's so weird the closer we get the worse it smells (laughs) that doesn't make sense i know (sighs) so they're uh opening up the house they find out holy shit there's two bodies on the floor in this house and it's the the husband and the wife Ooh, on the floor they go up to the 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 bodies and they realize that the bodies have large human-sized bite marks <gasps> in the bodies. Oh no. When they oh, go no. up when they go upstairs and they end up finding the little girl's body cuz she also ended up dying in the house, they find human flesh in her mouth. <gasps> and this is when they realize that she was still alive after her parents uh-huh. What the fuck? And this, this, this is the the main version of this story that it's that so people know fucked up. is that she got boarded up inside the house Jesus and was probably too God. small or maybe weak from the weak from something, and she couldn't call out for help or nobody heard her while they were boarding what up the house the and she got fuck? stuck in there with her dead parents and what ate the them. Fuck! What the fuck? Another version of this says that. Uh, there was actually still a bite of human flesh stuck in her throat, and it's assumed that she actually just died from choking oh, f- and never God's actually sake. had any signs. Never actually had any signs of the plague. She just died consequently, oh consequentially God. from from that. Great, cool. 
There are less horrifying versions of this story, but the main one people have heard is the cannibalism one, because of course. Yeah. Some people think that uh, what's even eerier about this is that when the plague, when people would get the plague, it was common that they would end up getting uh, buboes, which was essentially like lymph, swollen oh. lymph nodes. And the girl didn't show any of those, didn't show any signs of having gotten the plague. It's almost as if she lived with two people who died from the plague and somehow didn't catch it. Apparently, oh. for centuries, there was actually a very few people who had a genetic resistance to the plague. And it's thought that maybe she was one of them and she Whoa. only died from starvation or well, choking on her parents. Fucking horrible. Choking on her parents. Okay, that's the world's worst sentence. <laughs> I'm like sorry. bar none bar none um another version uh is that all of them were still alive while boarded while the house was getting boarded up but they were all weak from the plague and couldn't call out for help and so they watched themselves get boarded in and then they starved to death okay great so they're just all fucking terrible <laughs> It's like the Titanic I mean, when they all just kind of start holding hands and just look around, you know? It's just like, this is our fate, I guess. Ugh. Yeah. Another version is a young woman uh, who was either boarding there or worked for them in some way. She was also sick in the house and she starved to death alongside the girl. And now both the young girl and that young woman are said to haunt the space. So oh. you could you have two chances at seeing a ghost. I don't know Great. where the hell the parents went, but people have not really seen anything of them. Ooh. Um, so anyway, both the young girl and the young woman are said to haunt the Augustine Stewart house, as well as the nearby streets of Tombland Alley. The whole area is just known to, you have a chance at seeing either of them at any moment. And... <sighs> The girl appears in the alley a lot. She appears in the house. She appears in the graveyard at the nearby church. She really seems to just be like the damn councilwoman of she this. Probably gets, <laughs> she probably, first of all, she deserves to be. Second of all, I feel like she can finally get out of the house. So she's going right? to get out of the house, you know? I feel like that's, I also feel that way of like, well, fuck, why on earth would I keep staying here? But also, why would you keep staying here you know Anywhere. like yeah exactly just go girl be free yeah, go go be free um she's often seen in ragged gray clothes and her legs have faded away below the knee so it looks like she's floating a lot of the time she is also known to in the house specifically to open and close doors move items around and makes people feel like someone is standing way too goddamn close no, um no. Which oh, I love no. that she's just like on your ass, like for no she's reason, just, like, like in everybody's business. Now that the plague is over and she can, now that she can breathe near <laughs> you and not worry about getting the plague. Aww. But yeah, she's apparently all up on you. It's like you could be anywhere in the cosmos, and you're picking right next to my fucking face. Right Get by away my from face. Me. <laughs> um, the young woman is also said to be wearing gray. She is known as the Gray Lady. Hey. Um, and she wanders the alley for eternity. Yikes. I can't imagine. <gasps> um, one time she was seen entering a church and then she made her way through the entire church and exited out of permanently locked doors to go back to the alley. Oh, God. And so there's no there's no way anyone else could have opened the doors, but they saw her. I don't know if she opened the door or like walked through the door, but she did but it she when no one left. else could. Yeah. Oh, I see. Okay. 
she's also known um well the house i'll start here that the house has lived many lives at this point it's been a coffee shop it's been a bookstore it's been an antiques shop i mean it's hundreds of years old it was even recently an escape room it might still be no way um and one of the rooms was based on the ghosts of that house which i love shut up that's crazy that's actually terrifying to be in a haunted house playing a game about the people who died there yikes it's like it's the fun version because i think this part is a little uh tasteless but i've heard of like houses that where people have been killed then you host murder mystery parties <gasps> that's yeah. no good that's Don't not do the that. vibe i want but i love no, an no. escape room about ghosts because it's a fun thing about an alleged thing you know what i mean right true 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 it's not like uh we're joking about the murder haha ha. it's like you know yeah. this is the lore of this particular it's like ghosts building. might not even be real so this is right. all probably fine it's a better it's definitely a better angle in my mind yeah it reminds me a lot of the alton towers that we talked about a while ago because uh, they had a roller coaster yeah 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 it, they had a roller coaster about the ghosts that haunt that area. yes yes that's pretty cool i love when people own it i you know what i fucking you know what i'm wow i'm just so mad at everyone today christine whoa whoa you know whoa. what gets me you know what, what really gets, what gets you what grinds really your gears gets me it's you when me. we stay at hotels we stay at quite a lot and I look them in the eye and I say, that's right. You tell me, is this place haunted? And, and then I, I even tell them. And I go, ask them, ask them, ask them, ask them. <laughs> but tell them I didn't a- t- tell you to. And I'll even say, I'm like, by the way, if the answer is yes, that's a good sign for me. Like, you're not going to yeah, scare yeah, yeah. We're not, me away. We're not going to like leave. Right. I'm not he- hoping you'll say no. I'm hoping you'll say yes. Like, just lie yeah. to me. Just lie. Like, and they'll go, they'll be all fucking fishy. What was the one? What was the big, fancy, beautiful it, one? It, uh, with the butler oh, God. the fister yeah was it the fister which is weird isn't that which it is like the the, yes it's like notoriously haunted and they're like well we can't say anything we don't know and i'm like that We've by the way sounds like a, anything that's a guilty fucking omission like that's but well, that's probably why like i mean listen i'm not down for anyone losing their job they probably have to say that they probably wish they could tell you you know i know but like i've they, i've been like just blink blink just blink blink, if, once. <laughs> blink it all breathe what if they're worried you're a secret shopper a secret hotel guest and you're gonna like report them to management <laughs> yeah i'm like i'm like intel and i'm like if you blink you're gonna get fired we by the way we look like the least qualified like we roll in in like crocs and like whatever the fuck they they definitely don't think we're like secret shoppers but no but we're that's the point though is that we're hidden so exactly maybe we're so unlike what they're expecting that they're like we don't want to tell these bozos anything about these i feel like i I just i hate i hate when especially like the fester when it's notoriously haunted so like how dare you it's like we all know we all know one thing if i read an article about like the hilton and like like it (laughs) nobody knew of it as like this big haunted place if i was like oh i've heard it's haunted by like a random source yeah it'd be one thing if they were kind of like oh i don't know i don't know about that for me but if a place is on listicle after listicle of like top 100 haunted places on and you've done research on it personally yes i'm like don't please like do not patronize me like at least say you've heard (laughs) about the ghosts like now you sound like me don't patronize me i know there's a ghost here I think it's also because anytime I've asked that question, it's always to someone at the front desk who's a man. And I'm like, you have to be kidding me. Like, I, yeah. why did I even waste my time asking you? Why would okay. I waste my time on you, a man? 
unless you're the butler, my digital butler who brings <laughs> the digital me cake butler who brought you a cake. simple text. And that the second you said the one with the butler, I was like, oh god, the chocolate cake digital butler that M found at the Fister. M M recovered nicely when that was an option. M recovered from the rejection at the front desk pretty quickly. So I did. Okay. Well, I think they probably maybe the digital butler is like their their big red nuclear code button of like, uh oh, someone's mad. Emergency, Just bring send them, them the cake. butler. <laughs> Um, okay, anyway, so uh, I don't know how we got there, but I, I certainly don't. Okay, so I'm about to be done here, but I just want to say in 1973, this area, ha- oh, because it was a bunch of places and then escape room and right. blah, blah, blah. In 1973, it was the like uh, visitor center, like tourist information spot. And during this time, a visitor said, oh, I just saw like a a lady in gray in the alley and people lost their minds. It hit the papers (laughs) and uh, people began speculating who on earth is this ghostly gray lady. And people thought maybe it was Augustine Stewart's house. Maybe it was one of his wives throughout his life. Maybe it was a nun at the nearby church or at the graveyard who like was on her way home. Maybe it was the steward seamstress. Um, apparently they had oh. a seamstress. Um, they don't know. Or she could be like a boarder. She could have been someone who is not related at all. And through mm. like the blueprint theory, maybe she lived there before they did or was on the right. property in some way. Maybe um, she's a Roman. Maybe she's an ancient Roman. Um, just tra- traipsing on through. <laughs> and she's just, in, just invading the city. Um <laughs> With their little gray dress. <laughs> she was on her off day. She was just frolicking. Um, in the 80s and 90s, there was a nightclub next door to this place. And the DJ heard some weird noises and ended up finding a woman dressed in gray. And he tried to talk to her, but she ignored him and uh, left the room. And when he turned to look at her again, she was gliding away and had no bottom half. Uh-oh. Yikes. Uh, the, when I think about myself in that situation, I, my first thought would be like, oh, I need, like, they're falling. I need to help. And I, it's like, I, I don't know why that's my first thought, but that, I feel like, ev- I feel like everyone else just kind of stays stunned. I would feel like, oh, there's clearly air between you and the floor. You're about to timber. Like, um, I'm going to get you. No, but, but no? no, cause you wouldn't see their legs, right? I think I wouldn't even notice the no legs. I think I'd be like, you're midair, like, which means you're going to hit the But your head's ground. still at a normal height. I don't know if I have more than a split second to think <laughs> about logic, but um, <laughs> I am just trying to bond with you okay, about what my listen, experience I, would be. I believe you. I just am trying to understand. Okay. I'm I think sorry. I'd try to scoop her up. I wouldn't even realize that she was not fully there or. Oh, Okay. I'd be like, oh, look out. And then you know how I feel about torsos. So I just can't even wrap my head. I'd be like out of there, out of there. I understand. I pr- I like may- maybe me too, but also maybe I don't know what I would do. I do think I like if to I think saw you would be heroic. Thank you. And try was... to catch her. I would try. And you know what? I'd end up just traumatizing myself because I'd be like, she just evaporated in my hands. What the hell was that? You like um, I tried to save her. <laughs> yeah. Um. So anyway, people are trying to figure out who she is. People have have all these theories, but nobody really knows. They're the only main lore people hear about is that she was in the steward's home around the time they also died. Right. And since a lot of the population, seventy six percent of the population or something went away, it's a good guess that she died from the plague. 
But yeah. to this day, tourists and locals still report seeing the gray lady and the little girl near the Augustine Stewart house, also in the general Tombland Alley. And the girl seems to be more of an intelligent energy because she's like opening doors and playing tricks on people. Whereas the gray lady has always seemed residual, like on the mm. blueprint, on, on a blueprint. Yeah. So um, anyway, those are the two main ghosts of the area. And that is, uh, that's the Augustine Stewart house. Man, I just wonder, good job, first of all. But I also just wonder when it's something like, oh, we don't know who this lady was or what her deal is. Like, I just so want some psychic mediums to come in and like figure out why this woman is playing this route over and over you know what yeah, I mean? like where's chip coffee I, <laughs> chip <laughs> see i'm not i i mean obviously i'm very uh pro medium psychic all this stuff but i do wonder how do we have so many ghosts that we don't know anything about with so many people who have an ability i like i, I don't not in a judgy way i just i try to wrap my head around like how many ghosts are there i feel like every place i've ever covered is we don't know but someone mm-hmm. had to have been there that could have gotten some intel I mean, maybe for they us. don't want to tell you you know maybe they don't want to tell me or maybe psychic mediums just haven't opened up there you know they're just or like maybe she's like a brooding teen she's like don't look at me don't look at me you know she like just doesn't even she doesn't want the attention but she kind of loves that she's the main character she and like that's all she passed <laughs> she and she's thinking don't turn around don't turn around or you'll lose it don't turn around you'll lose the confidence <laughs> I do think that, like, there has to be one ghost out there who always dreamed of being the main character. And now, every day, people are, like, desperately searching for like, them. Like, now and... it's in the newspaper, you know? That it's like, you made it, girl. <laughs> girl, good for you. Good for you. Anyway, yeah. I don't know. I don't Very know what good. her story is. Very good. I mean, that was one of the most upsetting things I've ever heard about that child eating her parents. But, you know, the Again, rest was great. Just just a fun urban legend. There's no actual evidence of it, but that's, that's uh, that it's what the comforting. kids say. It's what the kids say. At least say, we can so. say to ourselves, you know what? Maybe it didn't really happen that way. Um, exactly. Spare, spare ourselves the nightmares. But mm-hmm. unfortunately, I'm going to bring you more nightmares because we all know why we're here, to, why we're gathered here today mm-hmm. to celebrate not oh, love. But- hell <laughs> hell um we are doing dennis raider part two this podcast is brought to you by squarespace the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online everyone knows the holidays can take a toll on your bank account if you're looking for creative ways to increase revenue then get started with squarespace's new feature squarespace courses squarespace has the tools you need to create and sell your own online course Start with a professional layout that fits your brand, upload video lessons to teach techniques and skills, and tailor your course with the powerful built-in Fluid Engine Editor. With Squarespace courses, you can create engaging content your audience will love, then simply add a paywall and set the price. Plus, you can charge a one-time fee or sell subscriptions. Turn your creativity into income with Squarespace courses. Head to squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, go to www.squarespace.com slash drink to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. 
You know when you've got the holidays, the new year, and then all of a sudden it's sort of back to the grind? Especially if you run a small business, it can be really hard to get back into the swing of things, but Stamps.com is here to make that a little bit easier for you. Stamps.com streamlines all your mailing and shipping to turbocharge your operational efficiencies. For 25 years now, Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses, whether they're mailing out checks, invoices, legal documents, books, podcast branded koozies, maybe that's just us, or anything else. Get access to the USPS and UPS mailing services you need to run your business right from your computer anytime, day or night. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. And with rates you can't find anywhere else, like up to, get this, 89% off USPS and UPS, how could you go wrong? We have loved Stamps.com for years, not quite 25, but since we started the podcast, which was 2017, and we could not get by without it. I remember there were days where we didn't have Stamps.com, those I call the dark ages, and I was hand shipping everything and driving it on my lunch break to the post office. It was all very hectic. Stamps.com, I do it straight from my house, and it makes my life a trillion times easier. Keep your mailing and shipping moving at the speed of your business with Stamps.com. Sign up with promo code DRINK for a special offer that includes a four-week trial, plus free postage, and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. Just go to stamps.com, click the microphone at the top of the page, and enter code DRINK. I would like everyone who has not heard the first half to please listen to that first, because you're not going to understand. I mean, you're going to understand, but... And maybe take three more deep breaths. <laughs> yeah, yeah first of all, take a breath. Second of all, take a sip of water. Third of all, go listen to part one first because you're going to need it. Okay, let's just dive right in. The last thing, let me see, what was the last thing I talked about? Um, I don't know. I talked about uh, the poem he wrote oh. to the newspaper uh, that they thought was a classified Valentine's ad. Yeah, um, it was Shirley Locks or Shelly Locks? Shelly, yeah, Shirley Locks. I see, you got it. Got it. Nailed it. Uh, and he was angry that his letter didn't stir a reaction. So he wrote a letter to the news saying, hey, how many people does a guy have to kill around here to get my name in the paper or some national attention? Uh, so really just playing his, like showing his hand that he just wants attention. Um, and he also, with that, suggested a list of potential nicknames, our favorite being, I think, the poetic yeah. killer or whatever so- the fuck. Something that made zero sense. Something that was not clever. Um, so after that, um, the police warned the public that this man was dangerous. There was a serial killer on the loose and he would strike again. And it f- seemed like Dennis's reign of terror uh, suddenly abruptly stopped. He went quiet for eight years. And uh, let's get into part two now. Mm -hmm. So after killing Nancy Fox in 1977, Dennis seemed to take time to cool off, like I said, for several years. But that was not actually quite the truth, because two years after Nancy Fox in April 1979, Dennis actually attempted to find his next victim, who was 63-year-old Anna Williams. 63. Has he done this to someone older before? Um, I don't believe, I believe this is the oldest uh, that he has targeted so far. Was he, I don't mean to um, immediately jump in and take away you answering things. Okay. Does he have an age preference or is it just like any one? So he definitely targets women first and foremost. um, But as with the Oteros, he will 
actively kill people who are also just there, like collateral damage almost. Right. Um, but the sexual thrill he gets from uh, binding and torturing women and seeing their fear um, uh-huh. and children, I will say, because, you know, from Josephine Otero, who was 11 and he claimed, oh, I like women. I'm attracted to women with brown hair and oh, God, sicko. Yeah. Uh, so this is the first uh, 63-year-old, but he does have quite a range of um, of ages that he targets. But typically the main target is women that he believe he can uh, break into their home. Okay. If that makes sense. Yes. So he targets 63-year-old Anna Williams. He broke into her house while she was away at a square dance. <laughs> Wow. I don't know why that if it weren't so sad that the comedy just writes itself there. I know. That. It's like, mm. I don't know. It's it's just one bright spot in a terrible whole story. Mm-hmm. But Anna was running late. He knew she was supposed to be coming home because, remember, he stalks his victims. He knows their routines. And so he's lying in wait inside her darkened home. But Anna is running late. She actually had stopped to visit her daughter on her way home. And this is... As far as we know, the only time this really happened, he got impatient and just got up and left. Oh. So by wow. the time Anna came home that night, she went to bed like normal, had no fucking idea that a serial killer had waited all It's one of those moments where like home. it's one of those moments where now every time I'm I feel safe, I'll be like, but was I <laughs> oh, did I, I already just do that. miss it? <laughs> but yes, I think that's very relatable. It's like I feel comfortable. What's wrong? Yeah. Yeah. So she had no idea a serial killer had been hiding out in her house waiting for her until roughly two months later when Dennis mailed Anna some of her own personal belongings that he had taken from inside her house. Ew. He still found a way to be so violating. Yes. Yes. And also now she has to panic about like. Unless he wrote a note that I don't know about. It's like now she has to be paranoid about like, was this from like three days ago or a year ago? Or like, does he come here regularly? Was this one time? Is he here right now? Like it's the it's I mean, the same type of energy of like if you come home and someone broke into your house and you're like, it could happen again. Are they still here? Are they still here? Yeah, exactly. (sighs) So talk about chilling. Um, He sent her her own belongings from the house two months after he had broken in. I presume two months later, maybe because then enough time has passed that probably there's no evidence they can really find, you know, like his fingerprints are probably wiped off Mm -hmm. or whatever might have been there is he put some distance between it. But along with the items, he also sent Anna a special poem. Oh, for fuck's sake. What? God, I'm already mad. He sent it to the media as well. The title of the poem is, Oh, Anna, Why Didn't You Appear? (gasps) Oh. It's fucking creepy as shit, so I'm going to read it to you. Oh, Anna, why didn't you appear? T'was perfect plan of deviant pleasure so bold on that spring night. My inner feeling hot with propension of the new awakening season. Worn with inner fear and rapture, my pleasure of entanglement like new vines at night. Oh, Anna, why didn't you appear? 
Drop of fear, fresh spring rain would roll down from your nakedness to scent to lofty fever that burns within. In that small world of longing, fear, rapture, and desperation, the game we play, fall on devil ears, fantasy spring forth, mounts to storm fury, then winter clam at the end. Oh, Anna, why didn't you appear? Alone, now in another time span, I lay with sweet enraptured garments across most private thought. Bed of spring moist grass, clean before the sun, enslaved with control, warm wind scenting the air, sunlight sparkle, tears and eyes so deep and clear. Alone again I trod and past memories of mirrors and ponder why for number eight was not. Oh, Anna, why didn't you appear? The okay, end. So he did, he did up his game from the last poem of uh yeah roses are red violets <laughs> uh, are blue but a that's I, there were a lot of spelling errors in there i will say i'm um, sure he nailed spelling propension um and <laughs> entanglement but entanglement but that oh i see okay i don't know exactly what he said i feel like if i could if i read it i could dissect it a little faster but that was a lot to process at yeah once. yeah it's a lot I, of also it's a lot of just like blabbering like what what are you kidding i me? know i know hard to believe <laughs> um i did hear him say like she was supposed to be number eight does that mean he's uh -huh. admitting to seven deaths i believe so yes okay i believe so i'm terrible at math um so i well I, but i believe eight minus that. one is seven girl I know, but I'm saying I'm terrible at like going back in my mind and adding up all the ones that we've covered oh, oh. from last week. I'm like, <laughs> I, I know what a, a minus one is. Um, <laughs> okay. I did just say, does he, she's supposed to be eight? So there's seven, and you went. I'm really hard with numbers. I don't. I'm sorry. I meant like I don't know if there are seven because I'm trying to remember like how many there were in each. Because you know, I got you. With, I got you with survivors and all that. But I'm assuming this was admitting to the eighth. Um, so yeah, very disturbing to receive this in the mail and think, oh, good, this man was waiting for me in my home uh, mm. while I was at square dancing one day. Yeah. So another person finally, thank God, has escaped uh, his wrath. But he mails this out, and of course, the media gets a hold of it. And at the time, Wichita only had six homicide detectives, and a retired detective later said in an interview, we looked at the boxes and boxes of evidence and thought, we're never going to be able to get through all of it. Mm. So it just felt like such an uphill battle. So they followed every lead they had, but continued to come up with nothing. And in 1979, two of those detectives were actually promoted, and because of that, they were taken off the case. So whatever, like, tenuous grasp they already had on Dennis Rader was now even more tenuous, was slipping. Okay. So years passed, and Dennis was quiet, uh, but detectives and the public alike, uh, you know, lived with that constant f knowing that the serial killer was still out there, even if he wasn't making headlines every day. Uh he was still lurking and so people still lived with that fear then in 1984 a new task force formed to tackle the case and they called themselves the ghostbusters for okay sure let's <laughs> let's see where it takes us okay no judgment so the ghostbusters organized all of the evidence in the killings and eventually gathered dna samples which at the time was a promising new forensic technology God, if only they knew how 
tremendously helpful DNA evidence would become. I mean, I'm sure some people knew, but I'm sure there's some like newspaper articles where people are still a little afraid of like advanced technology. Sure. They're like, I don't know. This thing's just going to put names on They're just going to pick a name and you'll be a killer. They're going to clone me. And I, yeah, Yeah. I'm sure there was a lot of that. Definitely. Um, But they were able to at least get a few DNA samples, um, which was great news, but, you know, they still were in the 80s. There was still not much they could do in the way of uh, getting a profile, as far as a DNA profile, at least. In April 1985, Dennis killed again for the first time in like eight years. So the better part of a decade, he has been laying low. He tried with, uh, with Anna, but obviously, thankfully... That didn't happen. So as far as we know, he killed again for the first time uh, since the 70s. So 53-year-old Maureen Hedge lived in the Park City suburb of Wichita, incidentally, a few doors down from Dennis Rader and his family. Oh, okay. So easy target? Yes. But also really risky, target, right? Yeah. Because she's right down the street and knows you you know but also well yes also i imagine the cops are gonna like knock on every door and be like do you know anyone who didn't like exactly it feels like you're just like honing in but is like his mo not to be like so narcissistic and one thing he can get away with it but two desperately wanting to like be involved in this crime and like you're right you're 100 percent right and also like desperately loves the feeling of like being someone well, being someone that, like, people trust, like his neighbor who sees him every day, mm. and then, like, turning on them and making But you know their, what? You know. It's the perfect setup for him to bring the, the party to him. Gross. But I don't know the another phrase for that. But he, because he knows that now he gets to sit in his own home and neighborhood and hear everyone around him talking about it for the next <gasps> few days. Yeah, you're onto it, because that is definitely what happens. <laughs> like he has to be so, eating it up like he finally gets trip. to he- and for for being so rejected the first time from the newspaper where nobody talked about it <sighs> he thought it was going to make waves like mm-hmm. all there are all these times where like it fell flat for him and he's like mm-hmm. if i game the system and i literally bring the death here nobody you're like cannot forcing, talk about it yeah, yeah you're forcing your family or neighbors to br- to discuss it right in front of you exactly yeah. that's a really good point so Maureen was a very kind woman. She was a widow. Uh, she shared the block with the Raiders for 30 years. So he's known her oh, for so it's her, 30 years. It's his friend. Years. It's basically like an acquaintance, like a, like, a, like a neighbor that you are familiar with, you know? Yeah. I would say they're friends, but they're friendly, definitely. They're constants. And yeah, and his kids also knew her, and we know this from his daughter, Carrie, who has said, you know, we would wave hi to her every day when we passed on the sidewalk. Like, we saw this oh, woman all the time. So sad. It is. So on April 27th, 1985, Maureen was eating dinner with her boyfriend, and then they decided to play bingo <laughs> throughout the evening. Precious. The whole time, they were unaware that Dennis was already inside her home. <gasps> Oh, fuck. I don't know why I didn't see that coming. I know, but it's every time it makes my blood run cold. So there's a website uh, called survivingbtk.weebly.com that um, does a really good job outlining all the different um, uh, uh, victims and how Dennis Rader went about each 
of these crimes. So I'm going to paraphrase from their site uh, because they just put so much detail in. So basically, here's how this (laughs) timeline went down. Dennis Rader, his son was in the Cub Scouts. He was at a Cub Scout camping trip. Some say meeting, some say camping trip. But most sources I've heard was a camping trip. And he told everyone he had a headache. He needed to go get some medication. So he left, went to his car. He was near a bowling alley. So he went inside the bowling alley, bought a beer, swished the beer around in his mouth, and then spit it out. Purposefully spilled some of the beer on his clothes. He wanted people around to see him drinking a beer, like I guess as an alibi. Okay. So he poured it on his shirt. (laughs) Next time I spill on myself, I'm just going to say it's my alibi. I don't know. (laughs) Right, right, right. Okay. He then, because his car was parked there, he then called a cab pretending to be drunk and told the driver to take him home to Park City. Because remember, he lived there. Mm -hmm. Once he got to the neighborhood, he got out of the cab and instead of going home, walked to Maureen's house. He saw her car and assumed she was home, so he cut the phone line like usual, and he quietly opened her back door to sneak in. Now, what he didn't realize is no one was actually home at that point, so instead he waited in her bedroom until he saw a car pull into the driveway, and that's when Maureen and her boyfriend walked into the house with big plans to play bingo, you know? Mm -hmm. So Raider waited in the bedroom closet until 1 a.m. when the man left. Wow. What the hell happened to his kid at the Boy Scout situation? He but- just told them, I'm, I'm have a headache. I'm going to head out. And, uh, oh, right, right, right. Okay. They just assumed he went home, I, I guess. Hmm. And, you know, if, it, if, as I'm quite positive, it was a camping trip, his wife thinks he's at this camping trip. Right. The campers think he's at home, you know. So, He waits in the bedroom closet until 1 a.m. so that the man leaves and Maureen goes to sleep. He then comes out of hiding, turns on the bathroom light, jumps on top of Maureen, and chokes her to death. Once she had died, he dragged her body outside into the trunk of her own car. He then drove to the church where he was council president. And because he was council president, he had keys and was given full access to the church. So he put black plastic over the windows of the church so no one could look inside. He brought her body to the basement of the church uh, and photographed the body in multiple different poses before putting her body back in the trunk of the car and dumping it in a ditch along a dirt road near their neighborhood. Mm. So Maureen was discovered eight days later on the side of the road. She had a pair of knotted pantyhose laying nearby. Um, Despite the pantyhose, which Dennis had actually used in previous murders, uh, investigators did not immediately connect uh, Maureen's death to BTK because his MO was not usually to remove people from their house Mm -hmm. after killing them. Um, So he, he had changed things up. And this time he changed things up again because he did not take credit for this crime he did not write to the media to take credit probably because like you were mentioning it was so close to home you know it's a much riskier one this time so he i feel like that was like a negotiation with it was yeah it was a negotiation with himself of like i'll bring the story to me but i have to be even more discreet than usual or something yes there's a bigger risk involved Mm -hmm. 
and interestingly, like you had mentioned, um, you know, people in the area were totally beside themselves, including his own young daughter, Carrie, right. who was petrified that their lovely, sweet, friendly neighbor had just been brutally murdered. It's and one of the, it's, I wonder, sorry, I keep interrupting you. That's so fucked up. No, me. no, go ahead. I, is, um, does he ever say anything or does anyone say anything about like how was he aware of the trauma he was going to put on his kid and he like almost even liked having the power over her or was that something he hadn't considered and he's like oh fuck I didn't realize that I'm hurting you her. know I don't know because he lies a lot about how he's actually a decent guy and so I don't really want to take any of sure that you know as truth necessarily but what we do know from his daughter is that she was so petrified that she was you know she started having nightmares she talked to her mom and dad about how scared she was and they both reassured her and said you are safe here and her mother even told her your father's right across the hall no one can hurt you oh and he told her i'll keep you safe you know hugged her said nothing's gonna happen to you and he probably believed it he thought well i i'm not gonna hurt her so she'll be safe in his mm. twisted mind that's probably how he rationalized that he was a good dad you know right that's a good way to look at it because i um yeah i was like he didn't even i wonder if he even considered his own family dynamic of how he like his selfish i mean there's other words to describe it too but on top of it like how selfish <laughs> this was of like you really wanted people to talk about you and talk about this murder and you wanted to bring it close to home but did you consider that like your own home life would now like shocker be affected by this so anyway. i don't think he really cared i mean he was yeah. like you're fine you're safe and he knew he wasn't yeah gonna yeah, kill yeah. her so he thought well actually you know you're in good hands <laughs> unfortunately mm. uh under our roof I think that must be the way he, you know, explained it away to himself. Because he really does think he's like a decent guy at the end of the day, which is disturbing. Mm. So in late 1986, Dennis started stalking his next victim. And that was 28-year-old Vicki Wagerly, who was a married mother of two. He originally found this victim by parking across the street during a lunch break uh, and hearing some piano music wafting through the air toward him. And he walked past her house and noticed that she was playing the piano, and he felt like she was almost performing for him. And he spent a lot of time planning and fantasizing about this attack. Um, I know I mentioned it, I'm pretty sure, last time, but he had these projects, quote-unquote, that he would take extensive notes on, have the, you know, layout of their house. He would uh, plan, he would name them specific things, you know, like quote unquote nicknames. And uh, this was one of his projects. And so he fantasized for a while about this, about attacking her. And then on the morning of September 16th, 1986, Dennis decided to pose as a telephone repairman at the Wagerly house, and Vicky let him in to repair her phone line. Of course, as he is, quote-unquote, repairing her phone line, he cuts the phone line, of course, unbeknownst to her, which is, um, at the time, was a, a method of disabling the alarm system. Doesn't quite work that way anymore, thankfully. So he cuts the phone line, and he attacks Vicky. 
Now, she fights back, and she scratches and bruises Dennis, but he ultimately overpowers her, and he strangles her to death, and then takes the Wagerly family's car. So Vicky's husband, Bill, was on his way home for lunch and saw his own car driving away from his house. Uh, oh, God. But he noticed that the driver was not Vicky. Mm-hmm. So immediately, he's like, something is up. Right, right, right. Dennis ditched the car in the meantime and escaped, and Bill got home and found his two-year-old son just sitting alone in the house. <gasps> oh, God. He's looking everywhere. He's like, Vicky, where are you? He can't find her. It takes him a while. He eventually looks around the bedroom, and she had fallen on the other side of the bed. Like, oh, were you glancing yeah. in? You wouldn't see her. And he, he finds her there, having been strangled to death. Of course, he calls calls 911 she's rushed to the hospital and later pronounced dead again investigators at this point failed to connect vicky's murder to the notorious btk killings and dennis again did not take credit for the murder so bill wagerly her husband was instead named the prime suspect of his wife's murder oh god okay Which i feel like i just keep saying talk- oh god oh god <laughs> i know but it talk about like a rough turn of fucking events you find yeah. your wife murdered in your house and then you know understandably you're you're looked at but now you're the prime suspect yeah plot twist so yeah it's it's not good vicky's and bill's two children basically grew up listening to classmates say your dad murdered your mom you know and they didn't (gasps) know any better like they just i didn't even think about had to live with this fear that like their own father might have done this um and he also failed to polygraph tests, which there's a reason polygraph tests are not admittable evidence, you know, mm-hmm. in court because. But it also, to some people, it does look fishy. It looks fishy. So people remained convinced that he had murdered his wife and they didn't have enough to fully charge him, um, but they refused to clear his name. So that's why these rumors kept spreading and the children went through a whole lot of hell because many of their classmates their friends weren't even allowed to hang out with them because local parents thought bill was a murderer like a violent murderer and teachers also believed this and spread rumors in the schools so brandon who was two and the one who was home when his mother was killed later remembers his grandmother telling him at one point that she that she had thought btk killed his mom but oh really a little kid he didn't know what that meant so he just kind of lived with this weird lingering fear you know like his grandma just offhandedly saying like this man murdered your mother so for nearly two decades this accusation would hang over bill wagerly's head and follow the whole family wherever they went in early 1991 dennis picked his final victim as far as we know at least on January 19th, he left another Boy Scout meeting and hmm. unceremoniously threw a cinder block through the sliding door of 62-year-old Dolores Davis's home. Wow. He obviously frightened the shit out of her, and he tried to calm her down by telling her that he just needed to tie her up while he stole some supplies in her car, but he wasn't going to hurt her. And so he said, if you comply, I will leave you alone. And, you know, he loved to do this, to play to people's uh, naivete or not even naivete, but like trusting nature, I guess. So he tells her this. She, you know, sort of has to believe him. What else can she do? And he ties her up and strangles her to death. 
He then put Dolores's remains into her car and hid her body at a nearby park. But he later returned to her house in his own car to move her body and hide Dolores under a bridge, which is where she was eventually discovered. And then, just like that, he stopped killing for years. There was absolute silence from the notorious serial killer that haunted Wichita. And according to the FBI during this time, he was engaging in, quote, autoerotic activities as a substitute for his killings. So oh, he did a so lot of... maybe he of... was guilty? Um, no, it was more... Well, I don't know if it was... I don't think it was really guilt necessarily, but um, I mean, my guess, and this is a total guess, but my guess is that he's now aware of all the DNA that's going oh, on, you know, and yeah, maybe yeah. he's trying to lay low because uh, his way, uh, what he's doing at this point typically is he is binding himself um, and putting women's masks on and... Um, tying himself up and taking photographs and that's kind of his his fix mm -hmm. so to speak he he wears you know women's clothing and a mask and the the photos are frightening because these old-timey masks are so creepy it's oh like really these old creepy like porcelain masks oh porcelain uh, oh shit i was thinking like I a bdsm thing i don't know if it's porcelain but it's like 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 a, like a phantom face. of the opera yeah, yeah, sort of. I don't Ew. know. I'm going to send you a photo because it's really scary. Oh, like it's a, worse than I remember. Like a masquerade mask? Is that what it is? Okay, did you watch Hunt Mindhunter? Because no. one of the scariest, he's featured pretty heavily in that series, which is really good, folks, if you haven't seen it. Um, but I'm going to send you a picture of like how they did it in the movie or in the show. Okay. It's really scary. I just want to warn you, Eva, if okay. you're listening, jump scare alert. Okay. Just be aware. But this is how they portrayed it in the movie, and it's almost exactly what the actual Oh mask. fuck me. Is that you the know, creepiest thing you've ever seen? Do you know what that is? That's the that's like the purge masks. Oh God. I knew it was something bad. Here's um an actual photo of the mask um that they found. And this was found um, I believe near I believe near Vicky's body. It was found near one of the bodies. Um, so he had left it there? Yeah, he had left it there, and uh, it was collected <gasps> as evidence. Ew, and it's, like, people-colored. It's, like, yeah. it's yeah, not it's even like white. Flesh it's, like, tone. skin. Yeah, it's it's actually, like, really... Okay, there's one more... I mean, I don't even know if we can put these on Instagram because there's one more that's really scary. But this okay. is kind of... I mean, I'm going to show it to you. Eva, okay. don't look. <laughs> don't look if you don't want to look. This is an example of the type of photos he would be taking of himself. Okay. Uh, so this is him uh, okay. in a mask and wig and bindings. <laughs> I'm <laughs> laughing at her nerves. Like, it's not funny, but like that it's really. so scary. <laughs> like, oh, my God. Oh, and, my like, God. So then he would like go to town on himself with this like yeah. he like all right every, like truly everyone's got and honestly a thing. that alone it's like fine you know whatever you tie yourself up man you go for it yeah, you have a good wear time. a women's mask like fuck yeah but it's like knowing that this man did this to other women and children and yeah got, well do like, you know that's i mean what makes it so fucked up obviously what freaks me out a little bit and like not you know Please understand where I'm coming from because the, the words spill I think out. I and do. It sounds weird. I'm pretty sure I do. But, um, 
it seems like he's i know you said he was wearing masks at the crime scene too as like uh, maybe as a way to disguise himself but here it looks like he was no, using he the mask no he did not wear ma- he did not wear masks at the he crime scene he put them scene. on the women um he either Sorry. put them on the women if he put them on himself typically but he would occasionally put them on the women um when he was like posing them after they were dead as like okay part of because his fantasy i guess my first thought when i see this picture is that he's using the mask and like dolling it up with makeup and everything to try to literally look like a woman so he can imagine it's a woman so he could still get off yes. to it okay that's why he's doing it on himself yes he's reenact gotcha. i don't know if he had like a cross-dressing thing or something too you know i mean i think it's maybe a mix um okay but all we know essentially is that he's sort of reenacting the crimes on himself right. and almost imagining as though he were his own victim as right. if he were a woman he would wear pantyhose he would tie himself up he would wear this mask and a wig um and there's something about just old-timey masks i mean guys picture like those old-timey porcelain dolls with just creepy faces like it's it's an upsetting mask like in and of itself whether it's a serial killers or not what i think also really bothers me is that as i'm looking this up there are a lot of people on reddit who sell like replicas Ew. which is like stop that yeah what i'm not fuck? for that also no. one of the things i don't like about this picture specifically that you sent me is that i mean he looks even more evil because the eyes are totally black yeah the uh, ooh, the eyes are the eyes and yeah, also it's like just, really eerie yeah. too because he like if he's trying to replicate one of his victims and that means i'm looking at essentially what his victim exactly like. it's so, so it's many dark layers. because it's like that's what he was doing to people that's what he wanted that's what he was <sighs> fantasizing about and that's what he's actually doing to people um can you imagine like people. like his kid walking in though and seeing him taking pictures like this it'd be like i know like how do you even explain that how do you no clue i don't even know i I, I mean that goes right back to the compartmentalization of it you know like yeah he could be doing this in the basement and his family thought he was doing taxes you know right right it's just um really crazy so i show you that just to give you an idea of like (laughs) this is what he did to get by almost during the times that um i think you're dead on that he discovered that dna was becoming a real thing that's and he needed my to... guess that's like my gut because it doesn't really strike me i mean even he admitted it earlier like serial killers cannot change their mo or, or stop themselves you know or uh, even that like yeah. i feel like i feel like a serial killers like their usual in general mo is that eventually they get bored of the level they're at and keep getting worse and worse and, and worse yeah and this is a de-escalation because now he's not hurting anybody he's doing it to himself i know i'm sorry sorry i muted um but no like i feel like he's at least d it's de-escalating because now he's not harming anybody he's now only focusing it on himself as a way to look at pictures and he's not doing anything active like it's it feels like there's there's no going backwards unless something is scaring you right yeah yeah and the only other thing that people point to is that he was really busy, you know, with with his job, with his kids. And I feel like we have also seen that with serial killers where the times when their children are young or they are they get, their partner gives birth or what have you tend to be quieter, um, mm-hmm. like almost like they're too bu- like literally too busy to go on these sprees. Um, so that that 
that's the other thing that people point to because he was now working as a compliance officer for local government. He had two kids at home. He was volunteering with the church, with Boy Scouts. People think he just kind of started getting in the routine of his life. And right. uh, for for now, these autoerotic photos were enough for him. And so he just laid low. And I mean, again, this is not proven but it's my guess that he probably also was like oops sorry he probably also knew like uh oh other people are getting <laughs> caught <laughs> like other serial killers that i've looked up to are getting caught with dna right. evidence like maybe i should be careful i no, don't know i That's i'm on your side with the insight. with the dna i kind of call bullshit on like he was too busy because i think it's a lot more time efficient to drive to someone's house kill them and not even worry about cleaning up the dead bodies than to do whatever this is of like yeah it seems it's getting seems a whole odd, outfit definitely. together putting the makeup on putting the hair on getting yourself situated in a chair Especially looking like you're winding setting up a camera as much of a thrill for you as actually doing it to other people you know like if yeah. that's not getting your rocks off in the same way then like why yeah why de-escalate he's yeah. he's totally doing a plan b because something was going on that's my that's feeling. kind of how my my how i understand it i mean obviously i'm no expert but um it just kind of makes sense to me um but so now we fast forward essentially to january 11th 2004 oh and i want to be clear too we don't necessarily know he didn't hurt anyone during that time it's just what he's been linked to didn't happen in that time span so there could be other people and, and might well be other people and during so btk what did he this it might be a stupid question at the end of two whole episodes but like what was his main method of torture i mean I, not that this isn't fucking torture but like usually when i think of torture it's like additional intense you know, severe pain i i thought about that as well and that's why for the longest time em and i had even talked about like i mean there. There are a couple of stories we don't want to cover because they're just too much for us at a certain point in time. And um, the t toy box killer is the one I just don't ever want to go near. Um, and I thought this would be one of them as well because the torture element is so hard for me to deal with in stories like this. But I think the BTK, I mean, from what I've gathered or at least when I've mulled this over because I've had the same question as you, I almost think because he came up with all those other nicknames that it didn't necessarily even mm. like the Wichita hangman, but he didn't really hang people. Mm -hmm. He only hanged one person. So it's like, it almost feels like he's just kind of finding words that he likes or that sound good also, together in his maybe mind. Maybe it, it gave him wiggle room to, to um, what was the word you just said to escalate? It gave him mm. room where if things. Maybe, yeah. Maybe that was part of what he thought would, end up happening and I, oh another important part to this as well um with the i'm not sure if i mentioned this in part one but when the oteros were killed um remember how i said he wasn't he did, hadn't realized how difficult it was to kill somebody until he was doing it mm -hmm. when investigators came upon the crime scene later it was believed that he had been resuscitating the family and then strangling them again into unconsciousness oh, as a torture shit. tactic but in reality they found out later that it was only because he didn't realize how hard it was to actually kill someone and so his victims kept waking up and he 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 said i was right. not doing that intentionally i really was just trying to end their lives i'm just trying to it kill them torture. okay like i know get off my I'm sorry case. i'm not that bad of a guy right yeah. <laughs> 
So oh. even then, it's like the torture might have made sense to people back then. But now that he's explained that wasn't intentional, then I don't know where the tor- I mean, of course, it's all torturous in the way yes. that he's yes. sexually assaulting and murdering people. But other than that, yeah, torture doesn't seem to really. It's not the kind of torture that you expect with a serial killer, I guess, you know. Right. So anyway, um. All we know is at this point, he is laying low. Mm -hmm. On January 11th, 2004, and now this is 13 years since Dennis's last known murder, the Wichita Eagle ran a story about the upcoming 30-year anniversary of the Otero family murders and the unsolved BTK killings that plagued Wichita. And Dennis read the article, and as he's reading the article about himself, and I'm sure jacking off or whatever he's doing, uh, he discovers that someone is planning to write a book about his murders. Oh, oh shit. Okay. Imagine his, his delight. Delight and fear all at the same time. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's almost like I imagine there was a thrill and also just like a shit, because he was not happy... He wanted to be talked about, but he was not happy that this would be told without his own input. I love he that wanted... all of a sudden he knows what consent is. Bit, right? He, um... <laughs> He's like, you can't do that. He's like, I want you <laughs> to talk about me, but point. I don't want you to like pry. Jesus. Yeah. But this is my business. Stay out yeah. of my business. And he wanted the story to be as accurate as possible. He's like, if you're going to write a book about me, it's going to be accurate. You're going to know why I chose my victims, how I operated. And he felt such a sense of like pride and ownership over mm -hmm. his despicable acts that he didn't think anyone else should get a right to tell his story except him, which is basically what you're saying. He mm -hmm. was like, you don't have consent from me. It's like, well, 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 in that like, case. What are you complaining about? It's not like I'm strangling you to death. Yeah. Yeah. Here, I'll mail some of the things out of your underwear drawer back to you, asshole. Right. But okay, sure. I don't have your consent. So Dennis was also, in his own words at this point, bored, which yep. makes me think he was really intentionally laying low because he had apparently long considered resurrecting BTK. And now that the 30-year anniversary was coming up, he's like, okay, it's my time to shine again, baby. So he decided to... You know, uh, boot up the old, I don't know what the old uh, thing is, ropes, the old poetry typewriter. Right. I have no idea. But he decides he's going to get back on his old game. And he also knew that authorities and the media uh, believed that BTK was either dead or in prison, which gave him like an edge because they didn't think he was still out there active because he had seemingly vanished which usually means that the perpetrator has been arrested for another crime or has died mm -hmm. but no he wanted them to know he is still out there living his life so in march he mailed evidence to the wichita eagle of vicky's murder including her driver's license which he had stolen and a photo of her body mm. So <laughs> that's a startling thing to get as the journalist at the Wichita Eagle. Yeah. Can you 30 imagine? 30 years Jesus. after the Otero murders, now you're getting, he's like, I'm back. Yikes. So also remember, Bill Wagerly is still in the eyes of the public guilty for killing his wife. Oh, right. And it's been a long time. 30 years? Time. Uh, 30 years? years was the Otero. I believe it was, God. Uh, like 20 years? 
13 no 20 years 14 years i think a, i think a decade and a half a, a long ass time yeah <laughs> yeah it's been a while um and so he's finally exonerated among his peers bill wagerly and in may uh of that year dennis sends a letter to a local television station called it's spelled k-a-k-e cake <laughs> cake tv sure uh and this letter is so fucking stupid i'm sorry i just can't i just had to go look up like the actual contents i just knew it would be stupid and it sure is okay (laughs) because he decides he's gonna start helping with the book writing process okay okay that's all i needed to hear (laughs) i know well i read that and said give i need to know like what a martyr he's gonna be helpful Thank you. He's about like, his I'm own experience. Writer. Yeah, exactly. So he he actually apparently was a fan of Cake TV. Like the, he watched their morning show like every day. So he decides they're the ones who are going to get his special letter, which is, by the way, full of chapter title ideas for his autobiography. Lucky them. <laughs> Here's lucky them. Here are some um, <laughs> chapter titles. Are you ready? Oh, Okay. A Serial Killer is Born, Chapter 1. Chapter 2, Dawn. Chapter 3, Fetish. Chapter 4, Fantasy World. 5, The Search Begins. 6, BTK's Haunts. Next is PJs, which is how he abbreviated projects. Because at first I thought, oh, Jammy Jams. No, no, no. Fucking. PJs (laughs) means projects. Does he think it's spelled pro space Jex? I mean, probably BTK does. Remember, BTK what doesn't know how to spell. Dumb space does. ass. Okay. It doesn't make any sense. Dumb space What a DA, you know? <laughs> um, <laughs> the next chapter is called M-O, all capital, M-O hyphen I-D hyphen ruse. Now, BTK's choice of M-O-I-D ruse probably relates to his use of fake IDs, such as like the telephone company employee ID he had referenced in the past um Mm -hmm. as well as his mo and in all probability um he used these like fake id badges or whatever to get into people's homes and uh that was his ruse so to speak so that's probably why they he named it that uh then he's got hits treasured memories final (sighs) curtain call dusk and then the final chapter is called will there be more you know he thought he fucking Eight by putting dusk when he put dawn. I was about to say, do you think you know he? Oh fuck yeah! (laughs) He went. That one's gonna give him chills. And like you know, I think here's my here's my um being able to see right through him. I I think um, but first of all, my my first thought was just write your own fucking book. You clearly want to be a writer. And then in my head, I was like, he does want to be a writer. He really wanted poems to be like part of his thing. He really like so. I I think he's a great writer. So I think he, first of all, he wants notoriety wherever he can get it. He wants to be talked about. He wants to be in control. But on top of that, like, it must have been a real threat to him for a different writer to say, oh, I'm going to take control of your story. And the one thing he he wants to always be in charge of is, like, in control is, of the narrative. And now someone's exactly. literally going to write a story and be in control a of it. A narrative. On yep. top of him, and, and he knows that that, will, that book will do well 
for a writer that isn't him and he probably feels threatened with his identity as a writer and he's like yeah, well let me yeah. step in and let me let me be the writer before you get the chance to be the writer like i think he's yeah. his world is actually being a lot more rocked than we're aware of and with i think you're totally right like this clearly shook him like i, I imagine when he read the article he was like oh yeah they're talking about me and then the thing about the book probably sent him over the edge like no 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 that's too far. That's my story. And yeah. um, speaking of his writing, I, I want to also add that I misspoke and gave him too much credit because the last title was not Will. I thought I made a typo. No, no, no. He made a typo. It's <laughs> not Will There Be More. It's Will There More? Question mark. Oh, Jesus. Okay. <laughs> Which, like, you like, can't even write your own chapter titles right. I feel like this is definitely, um, like, like we're saying, like, he's probably totally shaken by it, but it's purely for ego. Like, like imagine a really bad person also just wants to make it in Hollywood. And then they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We've seen your audition <laughs> tapes, but now we're actually going to have someone else star as you in a movie about yeah. you. Yeah. And you're not even invited to try out for it. You that, know, that's how he sees it. He would literally like, he would fucking blow a gasket. Oh, and he did. He really, yeah. really did. He sent, he was like, I'll write it better. So he wrote those really shitty chapter titles and sent them in. I guess, trying to impress everybody. and But it didn't stop there. He also sent a page of, like, the fake IDs he had used. And he sent a homemade word search puzzle along with this chapter title list. It's literally, if we're still going with the Hollywood um, yeah. <laughs> analogy. analogy, it's like she finally, like I'm thinking about, like, this, this actress who desperately wants to make it, but she's like not good enough to play herself in a movie yeah. about herself she she found a way to sneak onto the the stage she's finally like she's just trying to make it as like a background character in her own movie and so now she's like baking cupcakes for the main character who's going to play her like she's kissing yeah. ass being like what do you need from me what do you need from me how about i tell you how about i help you with your character how about i help you blah blah blah, blah. just so you'll so maybe i'll also you know get invited get to the, the red carpet it's like yeah it's like yeah, shut yeah. up like First of all, like I love that he's fully unraveling at the thought of not being in control. I love it. No, you're 100% right. And it's to the point that he's so unhinged that he his word search, which, by the way, the words to search for include prowl, details, and fantasies. And none but, of those he spelled right, I'm sure. <laughs> probably not. So, like, no one won the word search. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but at the time, investigators didn't even realize that Dennis had put his street address number and his own last name in the word search. As like a secret. Oh, what a good secret. Ooh. Yeah. Uh -oh. <laughs> you, you fooled me. Yeah. Wow. So the numbers 6220 were in there and R-A-D-E-R Raider. So they didn't know because they didn't know who he was. So it's like they wouldn't have known. But he thought he was so clever, you know. Yeah. But as he described it, when he sent this to, I mean, he really, like you said, thought he was doing them a favor because he considered the TV station Cake TV uh, his friends. He he really felt like he had a kinship Yeesh. with them. Mm -hmm. And um, every night that they would report, he they knew he was watching. Um, there have been one of the anchors was like genuinely she was really traumatized by the whole experience. This gives me chills. Uh, at the end of one segment, the anchors made um, one of the anchors, the one that I mentioned, made an offhanded comment about having a cold. And two days later, a postcard showed up from BTK saying, sorry about Susan's and Jeff's colds. <gasps> Ew, Christine. Yeah. I, like oh now they know he's watching them every night and is like 
making taking notes and she's a young woman like oh my god and one more thing i want to add when i watched this uh anchor talking about how traumatizing this whole experience was he once went on a tour of the tv station with a tour group and got to watch a live news broadcast and they didn't know that really likes this news station (laughs) Until I know, I know. Until they they went back and looked at the logs, and Dennis Rader once ages ago had been on a tour of the TV station. Mm. Ooh, just no. too close, too close. So in June, he sent a letter to the police. Then he started leaving packages in public places like libraries and grocery stores. So this is now just like a game, right? Like he's playing his own little scavenger hunt. Um, In the packages were trophies of his, which were stolen items from victims' houses. And in January 2005, a letter to the police led investigators to a Home Depot, of all things, where Dennis had left a message in a cereal box in the bed of an employee's pickup truck. Oh, okay. And the joke was like serial killer, serial ah, ha-ha. Ah-ha-ha-ha-ha. I know it probably goes above all our heads because he's such a fucking comedic genius, but This is where I need you, you to go. pull out your classic. I'm just a little confused. Can you explain just, it to me? I'm sorry. Can you explain it a little slower since I'm apparently too I'm stupid to understand you? such a dummy. I'm so stupid. <laughs> yeah. So the message in the cereal box asked whether BTK could, this is, this is great. He asks police whether BTK could relay messages via a computer floppy disk without being traced. (laughs) And he said, if that is the case, I want you to run an ad in the paper that reads Rex, comma, it will be okay. And then I'll know I can send you information via floppy disk and you won't be able to trace me. And so the police ran a classified ad in the newspaper that read Rex, it will be okay. Contact me, P.O. Box, first four reference numbers at 67202. And that was how they said here. This is where you can send your floppy disk. Guess why he named himself Rex, first of all. Because he thinks he's a big, big, scary dinosaur? What? Because it's three letters and it sounds like sex. Oh, right. Oh, mm. God. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, another disturbing thing that just, because Rex, yes, sounds like a dog's name. Um, he also called his down there sparky is he i'm not sick i don't even know what to say with that that was just that's it's not even that sounds like like a really bad joke that you're like really out of touch uncle would try to make and everyone would just sit in silence and be like what did you just say what the fuck is he saying what am i supposed to do with that i have no idea what to do with that it's just i don't like it that's i can tell you that no no it's very bad um so that's what i don't even know why you would tell people that like just keep that to yourself you know yeah it's not even so, like if you're gonna tell people what you called it you better have a fucking kick-ass name like that's the yeah you better be proud i guess honestly, he was proud of it the it's really name. stupid i just thought of that because of rex you know mm. um you so okay police... never mind keep going sorry <laughs> run a uh run a a classified that says uh rex it will be okay here's the p.o box of course they're fucking lying. Mm-hmm. Like, what does he think? He literally thinks they're going to be like, oh, shoot. Yeah, we can track you via floppy disk. So I guess yeah, you better not right. send one. Like, what kind of moron thinks like, oh, they'll tell me the truth. He really so must have. I mean, 
he so so far though has like really played into people's naivete so maybe he that's fair thought that like oh well everyone's stupid compared to me because i'm a big fat narcissist you know yeah this is where it shows like this is where he really starts to unravel because of how full of himself he is because of course they're fucking lying and then dennis mails them a fucking floppy disk in february and investigators just open it up check the metadata and see that there's a folder called christ lutheran church and park city library with fucking dennis's username as the person who had accessed it last dennis this is- from christ lutheran church the irony is that he took a 30 year break because he was scared of the new technology and mm-hmm. the new technology won as soon as the, he went back into disc. it as soon as <laughs> the he new went technology back into being it. a floppy disk which i feel like everyone listening if there is anyone listening under the age of 20 is like what is that <laughs> i know but at the time it was like oh you're scared of like advancements and like it still kicked your ass five seconds it into you trying anyway ass? dummy can't even do your own research to determine if someone can right <laughs> trace a floppy disk uh so anyway uh the investigators simply searched for dennis at christ lutheran church on the internet and dennis raider pops right up he's the church's president and uh they're like ding 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 that's probably our guy so they contact the pastor to ask who used the church computer and they sent a list and dennis raider for sure was on it so dennis became their prime suspect for obvious reasons but they decided the best step was to link him to the DNA evidence that they had preserved from the 80s by the mm. Ghostbusters task force. Remember them? Actually, you know what? I said I would wait to see how I felt about them by the end. Go Ghostbusters. I know, right? It's like, okay, I see you. I see what you're doing here. Um, you know what? You've won our hearts by the end. Um, and I'm I'm proud of you. So they saved all this evidence and they were like, you know what? We want to match him to the DNA, but... We don't want to go straight to Dennis because if we say we want your DNA, like he's going to know that we're on to him, obviously. And they didn't have enough evidence to outright arrest him without that DNA match. So they were kind of nervous because if they, quote unquote, trigger him and and say like, yeah, we're on to you by getting his DNA sample, they're worried he's going to strike again and like just, you know, go on another spree. So they didn't want to reveal their hand. So instead, they decided to seek out a familial match and see if they could link his DNA that way. They discovered that Dennis's daughter, Carrie, this is where it's a little dicey, recently underwent a pap smear at the hospital. Okay. And so the hospital turned over a sample of her DNA under a judge's order from the procedure, which in my mind is... She did. She had no idea about this. I find this pretty. Um, oh shit! Okay, yeah. Pretty um, invasive that and violating. Yeah, violating. Violating is the right word. Was this because so, back then, like the rules were still being like created about yes, DNA? I and, think so. I think yeah. a judge just said, "Yeah, get the DNA," and they said, "Okay," and nobody. My first they thought. Did, my first thought was do the Law and Order thing where you give them a can of soda and when they drink it, now you've got their DNA. I know, right? And like nowadays, you know, they're often just following them through the mall and getting their trash out of the, right? Getting their PF Changs out of the garbage, you know. Um, but basically, they got the Pap smear, which seems again very invasive, and she didn't know about it until later, which was upsetting. Um, but lo and behold, they got a match uh, to BTK's DNA. So on February 25th, 2005, detectives finally took Dennis Rader into custody and they 
said, would you be surprised to know that the father of your daughter is BTK because of the DNA family Uh match? Uh And after a short silence, an FBI agent in the room said, tell us who you are. And Dennis said, I'm BTK. You got me. Mm -hmm. (gasps) Dusk. Dusk. (laughs) Will there more? (laughs) No. That's my answer. The chapter just goes, no. (laughs) Fucker, never again. So, of course, at this point, ding, 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 they got him. Time to unravel decades of this man's fucking despicable acts. And... A search of his house revealed some disturbing things. These aren't necessarily like crucial to the story, but I just find them so disturbing that I'm going to include them. Um, one thing they discovered was a stress ball in his house. You know, the brand Life is Good mm-hmm. that was like big in the 2000s. Um, and everyone, I mean, I don't know. Everyone had a T-shirt, I feel like, from vacation with like everyone Life did. is Good. <laughs> yeah, I definitely did. Um, but he had a stress ball that said life is good. It turns out he would use that at home to strengthen his hands for strangulation. <gasps> Ooh, life is good is like, we right? do not condone this. <laughs> yeah, I know. And it's like of all phrases to have on yeah. your tool life to is practice good. taking lives. So they also found, of course, meticulous notes of his past projects. Um, a PJs. lot of those he kept at work. His PJs. I'm so sorry. Yes. And um, they basically had to go around telling people, hey, you were going to be a victim of BTK. <gasps> like he had his eyes on you or he had already targeted you. Like he, oh he was writing God. about your daily routine, which is just chilling. Um, just bizarre. Like he, he had all these unfinished, quote unquote, PJs, you know, that he had never really gone through with. And they had to go around and tell people like. I mean, good news, bad news. Yeah. But it's also like if he was trying to like not, he was still on his hiatus of killing, maybe like all he had left was just observing people and he got really Yeah, maybe he was just doing the the, like stalking part. Yeah. It was like all he could do that was left. Yeah. Mm. That's probably true. So the arrest went public the following day, which I imagine, I, I don't totally remember. I vaguely remember this time, but. I was not in my true crime era yet. Um, the arrest went public and authorities told the nation they'd finally caught BTK, who, again, they had assumed was either dead or in prison and they'd never know. Um, so, of course, a wave of relief passed through Wichita. Um, but people who were close to Dennis and considered him a friend were shocked. Uh, we talked a lot about the, you know, compartmentalizing of Dennis Rader and BTK. Um, and he pulled that off in a lot of instances. So. Paul, Paul Cars, <laughs> what? <laughs> Try again. I'm so sorry, Paul Carlstedt, who knew Dennis for thirty years, could not believe, like he just could not reconcile that these were the same person. Which must yeah. just be the 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 most trippy feeling, like of you. How do you trust yourself after that? You know. Mm-hmm. Um, and he had known Dennis for thirty years, and he just could not believe this man could do something so terrible. He said, we prayed in church for a conclusion to this crime spree, like while Dennis was in church with them. So like Dennis is praying with everybody, like, but he loved that. He got off on that. Of course. Our prayers were not answered in the way we expected them to be answered, but they were answered. <laughs> yeah, that's one way oh. to put it. Okay, sure. Um, 
When detectives broke the news to Dennis's daughter, she could not believe it was true. She began reading, and she had actually heard of BTK, but she's like, I just didn't really know much about it, like even growing up in the area. Like she was off at college at this time, but she said, like, she didn't even pay this BTK story any mind. She just had heard of it, Mm. never was interesting to her, never really thought much of it, and went off to school. And then all of a sudden they're like, oh yeah, that serial killer everyone's talking about, that's your dad. And um, she tried to go online to, like, read about what he did to almost reassure herself that, like, maybe she can rationalize it. Like, maybe her dad's not as bad as everyone's making it out to be. And, of course, the tales of fucking horror that she started reading online were just beyond anything she could have predicted and I mean, were imagine, so much worse imagine even seeing like the picture of him in the mask and you're like that's yeah. my fucking basement like, that's like, not my dad that's i know it must be so mind fucking to be like how is that my father and also Oof. like this um i don't know what to make of the information i'm just putting it out there that i'm noticing my brain going to she the those kids who had to grow up being bullied by everyone thinking like your dad's a killer your Mm -hmm. dad's a killer and like they grew up with like this whole journey of trauma having to deal with like wondering every day if they should even feel safe with their dad and i'm noticing that she's having a a different experience where she didn't get to she didn't have to deal with that but now as an adult she's having this like crazy reckoning yes she's having like such a reckoning of like how do i reconcile having a happy safe loving yeah father with it's, this which we talked about last week a little bit um i don't mm-hmm. remember if it was while recording or just like between us but like the humanizing a serial killer is yes in a lot of ways is very um controversial but important also to yes, like remember yes. that like even if you don't want to humanize them humanize the fact that there are people on the other side of the narrative that are being affected in all sorts of ways. And that's just two ways that children are fucked up now. We're like, Oh, completely. We're like, there's two kids who like had an innocent father. And instead of having, getting the space to grieve their dead mom, they had to be living in fear of their own father and, and getting bullied for it their whole lives. And there's a whole other story now of someone who literally lived with a serial killer and had fear growing up because she knew there was a serial killer in her area then Mm -hmm. kind of forgot about it and then now finds out her father's the one i mean like it's i think that's one of the reasons why you and i encourage empathizing or showing compassion in some way to even though not the worst people but at least the people affected by their actions that did love just to at least relate to them in a way where it's like oh this isn't some inhuman monster i mean it is in a way but like in another way, it's just the guy next door. It's just someone's dad. It's the president of the church. It's yeah. the Cub Scout leader. Like, it's the pillar of the community. You know, it's it's not just this monster that none of us will ever encounter. It's like these people are real and they're out there, unfortunately. And so, you know, if we're going to talk about them, at least we should know, you know, not everyone has like a radar that they can sense <laughs> who's a serial killer, who's not even as much as much as we try to think we'll know if we come across somebody like that. Um, yeah. You know, some people, that's their gift. They're good at hiding that part of themselves. Yeah. And she's and a talked lot of- about Carrie has talked about telling her own children, like having to explain where their grandfather is. Yeah. Like w- yeah. why they don't really talk about him. Like you know they kept saying what did he do what did he do to go to jail and she's like i just had to find ways to 
discuss like this how with honest them. do you want to be and like also if if you don't tell them the truth then does does he still have power over you by making you lie to your kids like yeah it's, yeah so it's at least when we um try to somehow humanize people every now and then it's mainly it's for me it mainly it's to at least remember to show sympathy for the collateral damage in their life which yes, is people yeah yeah and to keep everyone on alert that like these are real people like they're, yeah. they're just everyday people they're not just like these larger than life yeah monsters, someone drinking you know? someone drinking beer at the bowling alley it could right be the serial killer exactly exactly yeah. So it was a really hard thing, really hard. And I think she's still uh, struggling with, you know, reconciling those two parts of her life, those two parts of her father. Um, Meanwhile, others who knew Dennis, like, for example, the women he harassed in the neighborhood, the woman whose dog he had euthanized for no reason, Mm. the men who witnessed him behave this way, did not really agree with this, like, all-American guy you know they they knew all along that he was an abusive man and abused his power um and so they kind of were like yeah that actually doesn't surprise us as much as it surprises everyone else but in his interviews you can just feel how much dennis loves talking about himself it's disgusting he was so self-involved he wanted to tell people what he did he wanted to analyze why he did it very ed kemper vibes like let's talk about me for a while let's Mm -hmm. psychoanalyze my brain well, also um, to have like 30 or 40 or 50 years of your life that you never got to talk about. And now someone's oh, Lord. sitting across I mean, the table from you. Right. You haven't even journaled it. You know, you now you finally get to just. It's your first spit person you get to say it to. Yeah. Yeah. And they're listening intently. <laughs> so despite all this, Dennis tried to enter a not guilty plea in April after waiving his right to a <laughs> preliminary hearing before trial. I mean, this is how narcissistic this guy is. But Dennis's defense team knew there was overwhelming evidence against Dennis and they didn't have solid support for an insanity plea. So in late June, Dennis surprised the court by suddenly pleading guilty to 10 counts of first degree murder. During sentencing, he stunned the court with graphic details of his crimes. And I've listened to a lot of this retelling. It's very long, very in-depth, deeply disturbing, especially because his tone is so calm and matter of fact. It's almost like like he doesn't feel at all affected by them, but he's sort of like, hmm, let me think. Did I find her with a this kind of knot or this kind of knot? You know, he's talking like mm. like he's say, describing what he had for breakfast this morning. You know, like was it was it that? Was it? Do you think I he was her first? Since you've heard it, do you think he was like he knew what he was doing and he was eating up the fact that he knew his behavior and the way he was handling it was terrifying people? No, I think he just wanted to tell the entire story from beginning to end. Really? He just really... had no idea that it was even fucked up the, the way that he was talking about it. Wow. No, no, I don't think it phased him. I think he genuinely just said, you know what? You all deserve an explanation. Here it is. And everyone was like, yeah, you're really talking about this. Like you're describing the baseball game, you know, it just yeah. so graphic and it definitely doesn't match the tone. Um but you know what do you expect from the guy who enjoyed doing it? Right? I wonder like, if, I wonder if he. I mean, do we? I don't know if you know why he um all of a sudden changed his uh pleaded guilty. But part of me feels like he was like, this is my opportunity. Like I might, I'm already going to jail, even on a on a plea mm-hmm. charge. Like I would be going to jail. I might as well take my five minutes of fame and get on a literal soapbox and just 
mm-hmm. be, be as detailed as I possibly want and just finally yeah, get think, to tell my story. I think a major part of the switch was because his defense team said, like, you're not getting there's no way out of this. Like, you're not getting a sanity plea. There's so much evidence like you're going to prison. And yes, he probably then thought, OK, well, then I want to tell my side of things. And yeah. uh, this was his chance. And he did. He He went over every single case uh, that we know of, at least. And meanwhile, victims' loved ones, like the surviving Otero children, who were now adults, had to listen to Dennis describe how he chose his victims, how he killed them, including their little sister. I mean, just so fucked up. He described their last words. He described the the things they said to him as they were dying. Um, for example, the Otero's mother said, uh, said, may God have mercy on your soul. And mm. that was the last thing she said to him. And the the oldest son, who had been dealing with this trauma forever, said that was at least, like, one glimmer of, like, comfort to him that his mother was strong enough to say that as her final words. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, still, that's, this is after decades, the first time he's hearing what really happened to his family. So... Despite all this, Dennis then asked for forgiveness from the victims' families. Uh, He believed he deserved forgiveness. He said, the dark side was there, but now I think light is beginning to shine. And finally, a final, apologize to the victims' families. There's no way that I can ever repay you. Of course, nobody fucking forgave him because, like, get out of here. There was no capital punishment in Kansas when the crimes were committed, so he was not eligible for the death penalty. And at 60 years old, he was instead sentenced to 10 consecutive life terms for his crimes and to serve a minimum of 175 years before the possibility of parole. So in the following years, as you can imagine, interviews, books, documentaries, this guy was everywhere. Uh, They interviewed him so he could share his own story, always what he wanted, you know, a story from his mouth. Uh, You know, it's... It's a hard one to justify because on the one hand, it's like you don't want to give him the credit of like reading his own testimony Mm -hmm. of what happened. But on the other hand, it's like a lot of the detail and information is from him, you know, so it's kind of a hard line to walk. Um, You know, there there's this ego he has that is fed by people obsessing over him him and his crimes calling him btk he loves talking about his thought process he loves mulling over why he is the way that he is uh he like interviewers basically ask him to you know share his side and he just loves it he eats it up so in 2016 Catherine ramsland published a book called confession of a serial killer the untold story of dennis raider the btk killer And the book description says, through jailhouse visits, telephone calls, and written correspondence, Catherine Ramsland worked with Raider himself to analyze the layers of his psyche. And now he's getting this book deal he's always wanted. He's telling the story from his own dumbass mouth. But in 2019, Dennis's daughter Carrie published her own book. Mm. And that book was called A Serial Killer's Daughter, My Story of Hope, Love, and Overcoming. Um. So this was all very controversial because you can, I mean, you can imagine why Um, Mm -hmm. those interested in the case and topics like what happens to a serial killer's family in the wake of his crimes. You know, they loved this book and believed Carrie was a victim herself and deserved to share her story. But then other people 
felt like this was just another PR piece for the Raider family. Um, you know, for example, Carrie describes being caught off guard at sentencing when the prosecution further describes details of Dennis's crimes. And she wrote, they checked with the victim's families before proceeding, but the prosecution didn't check in with this family, the eighth family. I found out later that others had come to the defense of our innocent family, asking if there was an actual need to do this. Wouldn't it embarrass my family further? Shame us, hurt us. No one asked or warned us it was coming. And I feel like I can see both ways of that. It's like, it's not necessarily about you guys right now because mm -hmm. he is finally getting justice for the brutality and just the horrors that he did to these families and these children. But also, of course, it's not fair to you either. You know, this isn't like you didn't do this. This is not your fault or your doing and you're suffering too. It's hard. I don't know. I don't I don't think there's an easy answer. I just I think it's, I don't think there is either. Like you said earlier, you know, did he know what position he was putting his family in? Obviously, he didn't or he didn't care um, because he really put them through hell. Um, but that, you know, that's as far as I can say confidently how I feel, because I don't quite know, mm -hmm. you know, because I do believe she was a victim in her own way. Um, but I just don't think there's an easy answer as to like what what we're supposed to do about it. I don't know. I don't know. So she was Ugh. also criticized uh, for writing that she has never read the statements by the victim's families because they were too hard for her to read. Also don't know where I stand on that. Um, this is yeah, a lot. I of, can see both sides of that for sure. Right. It's like, there's so much grief and trauma and she's raising her own children. And it's like, it's like and yeah, also like, she, you don't like, you don't want to, nobody knows her the experience of having btk as your father other than her and like yeah she's maybe she really just doesn't want to hear what her dad did to people and like she can still have sympathy for them i don't know i don't know i don't know it's hard because then on the other hand it's like well then you should know what yeah. he did but it's like but you can't force her i don't know it's a very weird icky feeling i don't i don't i honestly don't think there's an easy answer you know it's like yeah it feels gross to judge her on that it's like i think she if she gets a pass like i think that's a fair pass like i mean i, I right like i'm like okay i don't think we should maybe linger on that too much i don't know i mean I, again you can't force her to read it but i can see why people would be upset that she hasn't fully acknowledged all of what he did i don't know i mean i'll just tell you what other people feel so you know readers ultimately believe carrie has a right to her grief and trauma of course but so many interviews and documentaries focus on Dennis and his words and his feelings and his backstory that it sort of felt like, oh, God, the media is now prioritizing another person instead mm. of the victim's families. You know what right. I mean? Like, I think people just were frustrated about that. Um, no, that but sense. of course, people were still sympathetic to Carrie and her family's grief because what a shithole they found themselves in all of a sudden. Um, Did she keep a relationship with him in when he went to prison? It took a long, long, long time. And she finally wrote him a letter and um, he responded and she said they've had like a tenuous back and forth. Okay. Over the years. Yeah. So the 2022 Hulu miniseries BTK Confession of a Serial Killer uh, once again put Dennis in the limelight featuring interviews with him so he could share his side of things uh, like he always wanted. 
He's still alive. He remains in prison. Um, in August, he made headlines for the first time in years, having been named the prime suspect in two cold cases, one in Missouri and one in Oklahoma. There was 16-year-old Cynthia Kinney, who was last seen at a laundromat in Pahuska, Oklahoma, before she vanished in 1976. And recently, they reopened her case, and investigators realized the building across the street was having a new alarm system installed right when she disappeared. Mm. Interesting. It seems Dennis was a regional installer who may have worked in the area occasionally at the time. And he also included in some of his writings the phrase, bad laundry day. Ew. Yeah. Yeah. And she was last seen at a laundromat. So he's also being investigated for the rape and murder of 22-year-old Shauna Beth Garber. Her body was found two months after her death in 1990 in McDonald County, Missouri, but police couldn't at the time identify her, and she became a Jane Doe. When Shauna was seven years old, she and her five-year-old brother Rob had been separated in foster care, and Rob said, growing up without her, there was always just a hole in my life that I couldn't fill. So as soon as he was 18, Rob started looking for his sister. When he got married, his wife made it her mission to reunite her husband and his sister, which is really sweet. Um, of course, it didn't end very well. In 2021, investigators used DNA to finally identify Shauna as the unnamed Jane Doe that they had discovered back in 1990. And Rob said it was devastating just to find out that she'd been sitting in a box for 30 years. That's and awful. he's been out there looking for her, thinking she's alive somewhere and they're going to reunite. Ugh. Terrible. So Shauna's death seems to also match Dennis's profile, but there really is no public evidence confirming this link yet. Dennis's daughter, Carrie, is actually actively working with investigators to follow these leads. So she's also like actively trying to help police put keep her dad in prison and answer questions they have. So at least, you know, she's on board in that sense. Um, and she said, if my dad has harmed somebody else, we need answers. Yeah. So I feel like if you're her, honestly, there's probably no winning. Like, there's probably no way to win in the eyes of the public. You know what I mean? Like, it's going to be, you're going to get crit criticized, whatever you do. Um, if Dennis was indeed involved in these two cold cases, investigators hope to finally bring justice and closure to the families um, by finally, you know, getting some links, finding some connection. Regardless of who is guilty, um, Rob hopes the new attention on his sister's case will find some answers. He said, somebody knows something, and maybe this will be what they need to bring them forward. And that is the case of Dennis Rader. The end. Sorry, I promised I'd do it last time. <laughs> I know that was kind of like, taste not tasteful, I'm sorry. but I, I know, now it feels like we're clapping for... <laughs> Yeah, that's how it as it happened. I went. I don't know about. If yeah, that was it good. almost feels like hmm, maybe we're clapping for it, that it's over and that he's that in it's prison. over. Yeah, there's there's some closure there. Well, you know. also, um, round of applause to you because that I know that was um a topic that you've been thinking about for like almost four hundred episodes. So I know um, we almost thought we were never gonna do it, and then I found myself just in the rabbit hole as well were. you did a very good job i know that was a lot of um pressure on you and it was a lot of research for both of you and it was a you know 
I'm very proud of you. You did a good job. Thank you, Em. That's so nice. I'm I'm excited to have a beer with you during the after chat for my little mini fridge because I think oh. I need one. I'm like, man, go now get, it's 5.30. I'll, <laughs> I'll go make myself a, a little quick mocktail as I'm talking Hell to you. Hell yeah. Um, and just before I forget, is there um, – oh, topic request, which maybe I've asked in the past, but I, I don't know. Um. I would love for you, maybe this is like too small to be an episode, so it could be an after hours or ch- after chat, after hours. I don't remember what we're doing. Um, but <laughs> I never remember what we're doing. Is uh, is if you can explain the like the sentencing stuff, because like the fact that like he got like a minimum of 175, like who, what calculator did that? Like who, <laughs> what, what I lawyer don't think said? There's an, I think that would be. I think is that too overwhelming? I feel like that's the there's no real like are they just arbitrarily so many... picking a number because like in my mind it's like if it's if your minimum sentence is a uh, 175 years how is that any different than assigning him 5,000 years like it, I don't yeah. get it like he's so already gonna die based in prison. on the charges like how many charges there are how many crimes he's found guilty of what the level of those crimes are then they add up and then a judge weighs in i mean i don't know i'm no lawyer i think uh i think even lawyers would have a very hard time explaining that process um well if you ever want to make it up and just like spew bullshit at me <laughs> i'll happily i think i just did make it up so that's I'll what <laughs> that's what a after hours is for where it's it's not taken seriously you just kind of give me your best guess we so. just kind of bullshit our way through it yep all right. Well, I I'll see you over there. I'll have a mocktail in hand, and uh, we'll we'll do some some after hours. So if you want to come hang out with us and hear us chit chat, you are welcome to on Patreon. And I'm gonna take the quiz. That's why we drink. <laughs>